3: And welcome to our Vantage Point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast. Thank you guys for being with us here. It is episode number 155 here on Monday, November the 25th, 2019. We are counting down towards Thanksgiving, and we're going to be stuffing you with some retro wrestling content this week. Uh, as always, I'm Joe Morata alongside Michael Quinn. How you doing there, Michael? Hey. Once again, with the, the Thanksgiving I said, puns, I right? said this before, we cannot, we can never escape it in we the month of November. Just keep dressing up the show with uh, Thanksgiving <laughs> puns there. But folks, thank you guys so much for making the pilgrimage over here oh to OVP, God. as we are going to romp you through the world of retro wrestling. Uh, I mentioned we are counting down towards Turkey Day, and we're going to be talking some turkey today always but, no, always but, well we talk turkey like all year we, frequently that, that is
1: a constant thing that we say
3: we are frequent talkie uh talky, turkey, talky. turkey, turkey talkie we're people. just doing all kinds of the turkey and the talkie but we're gonna be talking about a few other things first if you have a twitter you can head on over there it is at ovp podcast if you want to give us a follow we have a lot of video clips magazine scans a lot of not just obscure some common things but we like to just nice. share the retro wrestling goodness with people out there from, on twitter from the archives from the archives if you will uh the I, ovp library yeah
1: the ovp library it's uh, an so- actual building <laughs> um you can maybe go visit it in 30 years like yeah. just how wf you know they're still building the hall of fame Their hall of fame right yeah
3: yeah so you can do that but uh, for now it's on twitter at OVP Podcast. give us a follow there you can also email us if you want to at OVP Podcast at gmail.com that is OVP Podcast at gmail.com but the best place if you want to actually talk to us like have conversations and post topics and maybe have a little friendly debate is over on our facebook group quinn yeah that's right facebook.com slash uh building library place yes right that's the, the full whole u- the whole word there. Full url
1: over there uh you can obviously check out books because yeah. it's a library dewey um, decimal dewey Decimal systems that yeah. kind of thing dewey but also Stroman. you can yeah that you can look that paper up actually if you want that <laughs> we keep it i mean it's it's relevant to wrestling i'm sure gorgeous george was involved somehow or something but anyway over there, you can go talk about wrestling. You yes. can talk about Abe Lincoln. Yeah, you you can. Can talk he was about a wrestler. Rick Flair cave paintings, <laughs> um, all the old stuff. Um, if you want to talk about new stuff like flying cars and Marty McFly, you can right. do that too. And but- tab. Yeah, tab, of course. But to get there, you have to use a search bar, which is also kind of more of a futuristic thing. True. So it's a it's a technology where you can type something in. So right. type in our vantage point, dash, retro wrestling podcast, Bing Bang Boob's Tubes, Gore, Kablooey,
3: and you're in. The operators are always standing by.
1: Don't we have new operators now, like Joe Merkel? Yeah, yeah Joe Merkel, yeah. our
3: newest mod. We got Richard Land is also a mod over there. And put on myself, we are not like these absentee people. We're there. Right. We're on this group with you guys. And why would you want to join? Well, here's why you might want to join. If you like talking about wrestling, wrestling, whether you've been a fan for a really long time, maybe you've only recently become a wrestling fan, whether you like the WWF only, whether you like not the WF and like Southern wrestling that's fine too what we try to encourage and promote is friendly discourse friendly conversation doesn't mean everyone has to like the same thing it means we like each other and we don't tear each other down for our wrestling opinions all opinions <laughs> yeah. are allowed here that's right so join the group it's on Facebook like Quinn said a building library you know that whole thing it's, it's a real place <laughs> it's a real place it's under construction yes. I think they've only laid down like one brick <laughs> they do one, uh, one brick a year so it's going to take a while it's going to be a while folks but check it out uh, on our Facebook group But also, if you like our show, let's say you've been listening for a while now, or maybe you just discovered us and you really like what we do here. We give you guys extra content over on Patreon.com slash OVP podcast. If you want to donate, what we will supply to you is a lot of extra stuff. We'll get more into it later. But check out the website right now. Patreon.com slash OVP podcast. Bonus shows, pay-per-view reviews, all sorts of stuff. More info to follow. But Quinn, this week here, we're closing out November and we're midway through the season. Mm -hmm. And our newest opening segment for the season has been something that I've quite enjoyed, actually. I have too. Where we have gone through some of the, uh, the mid card wrestlers, right? Not the top. No, these guys are firmly in the middle. Firmly in not, the middle, not the bottom. Maybe they had to pass through the main event once or twice. It's fine. Possibly. Sometimes you get a title shot. Right. Uh, last week we talked about Jacques Rougeau. Yeah, Jacques. <laughs> yeah, we talked about Jacques. So confusing. We've talked. Still about- confusing to me. <laughs> the Wild Man Mark Marin. You know we've talked yeah, about Maron. Mark yeah. Maro. Sorry. We'll I'll we'll talk normally. We've talked about uh, Chico Santana. What we've been doing though is a salute to. Mid card Who wants to be a mid carder, <laughs> and this week, Quinn, this pick was sent in by two people, Chris Brazda and How the Hell Mick Price here. Yeah, they actually like wrote into the show, yes, which is did. very rare in you- our mailbox, yep. obviously you- <laughs> a physical mailbox. And you may do that as well if you want to. Uh, but this week, Quinn, we are talking about Arn. Anderson.
1: I'm Anderson. Iron Anderson! Iron Anderson. Iron Anderson. Dusty
3: Rhodes says. Uh, famous podcaster, Arn Anderson. Yeah, oh, that's all he did, really. <laughs> yeah. I, didn't, I don't know why we're even talking about him as a mid-card. Uh, so, Arn Anderson is a great pick. I'm happy. Uh, thank you, Chris, and thank you, Mick, for picking him. Because Arn Anderson is someone that I... Definitely like I didn't appreciate him nearly as much as I do now, because when I got into wrestling and when you did, too, in ninety four, ninety five, he was on the downturn of his career at the young age of like thirty seven. Yeah, he was like thirty seven, but he looked like he was forty eight.
1: Yes, he looked like a guy that just wore members only jackets and and big coke bottle
3: glasses right. and i'm like
1: who is this <laughs> right what like and his chest is all hairy it's very like, hairy
3: man yeah hair suit if you will but going back you know and being able to really appreciate him uh, as a member of the horsemen as a member of the brain busters as a good singles wrestler tv champion there's a lot of good about arn anderson i just want to briefly recap his career quote and then we'll talk about what was good about him and maybe why he never made it to the tippy top okay of you know like a megastar would but he began wrestling he's again he was born in 1958 so he just turned like sixty one, yeah. but he looked like you said he looked forty eight his wow, whole career. Like my
1: parents' age. Yeah, like, right,
3: right. Yeah. And he began wrestling in eighty two. You would think it's earlier, but nineteen eighty two. Pretty late. You would think yeah. he was just around in the seventies, right? Yeah, that I think that's the misconception about Iron Anderson
1: in general. And I and I will just continue to say Iron Anderson because Iron, Dusty, Dusty Rhodes
3: did that to me. Iron
1: Anderson.
2: Iron Anderson.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, um, I think the misconception is that he had some big long career because he looked old like i'm not joking (laughs) like when i was a kid i was like man this guy must have wrestled like the 60s (laughs) or something like and no he
3: really only had like a 12-ish 13 whatever year career yeah so his early career he was still uh, under his real name from rome georgia marty lundy and then by 1984 he floated around some of the nwa territories but in 84 he came to crockett and Ole Anderson was like, hey, you kind of look like me, you asshole. So they teamed up as the Minnesota Wrecking Crew, uh, Arne Anderson now. That's uh, not his real name, like we said. He replaced the previous Anderson, Gene Anderson, a weird name by the way to choose for someone because
1: it's like hard to pronounce like it's like honestly like I, I keep joking but like when dusty said that i didn't really think anything of it of iron yeah i was just like iron anderson, iron like, anderson. like he's like strong right. iron anderson <laughs> right. like you know what i mean i
3: understand and they uh they were a great team uh they were the nwa national tag team champions for a bit
4: the national tag team champions Ole in iron Anderson, there you see him, the Minnesota Wrecking
3: Crew. But really, Arn's most notable run, I'd say, of his career, some people might argue, is uh, as a member of the Four Horsemen from 85 to 88 uh, in the NWA, of course. The Four Horsemen kind of organically formed Quinn out of feuds that were going on at the time. Right, yeah, it was kind of an organic thing. And
1: actually, I don't think Arn was in it the first crop of it or whatever. Like, he came a
3: lightly later, like pretty early on. Yeah, it was Flair, and then he was aligned with Tully Blanchard at the time. Right. There was that going on. And then Arn Anderson and Ole were there. Right. J.J. Dillon, the manager. Right, right. So, like, they, they came in all together. Yep. Organically formed, and obviously they became one of the most, uh, if not the most iconic stable in wrestling, one of the most famous, uh, groundbreaking in their way, a team of heels that their goal basically was to win every title and to dominate right. the NWA. We are the best. We are the horsemen. So Arn and Tully were uh, also tag champions during this period of time, in right. 87 into 88, and they wound up leaving the Crockett promotion in the late summer of 1988 and showed up in Vince McMahon's World Wrestling Federation, World in, the Federation fall, yeah. Yeah, WF, in the fall of 88 as the Brain Buster's. And really, aside from giving them that name, they were pretty much the same wrestlers they were in the NWA. Yeah, it
1: was very weird. Um, very out of I, character th- for Vince. It's odd that they call them the Brain Busters after Brain. After like, Bobby Heenan, yeah. After their manager, Bobby Heenan. But you know what I will say about this? This is a great run, first of all. Yeah. I love them as a tag team. A great they're they're team. great. They did some good work with the Rockers, etc. etc. I can't go into all of it. But won the tag titles, let's mention, from Demolition. They won the tag titles. But the thing that I want to say here, there's a weird effect here by putting them with Bobby the Brain Heenan. Yeah. That when Ric Flair came in a couple years later, <laughs> I always felt that that made a lot of sense because he was, like, associated with right. them. Like, right, right. Oh, Bobby Heenan is friends with the four horsemen or something. Like, I, I don't know how it all works. Right. But, like, anytime anybody related
3: to the horsemen comes in, <laughs> Bobby Heenan knows who they are. Right. That's a good point. I never yeah. even thought of that. But, yeah, he managed them in 89, and then he managed Flair in 91. Right. Very interesting. Uh, yeah. And their WWF run, it was brief. It was about a year. It was mm-hmm. only a little bit over a year, but they did win the tag titles in that span. And like you said, they had some great stuff with the Rockers, so much so that they credited the Rockers with making them better.
1: Yeah. That no, was a they, great they really,
3: They've always said they liked working with them. And
1: I mean, they had more experience, but actually the funniest part is that, you know, Arn is not that much more experienced than, say, Shawn Michaels or Marty Jannetty. Honestly, I mean, yeah. Michaels started in 84 Yes, yeah, like two years. On him. Started, I think,
3: when Arndt did eighty
1: two. The problem is, again, he looks like he's forty six. Like his whole life, <laughs> yeah. so it's like Benjamin Button of wrestling. <laughs> so it's like you just assume that oh, he's he knows he's what he's he's been around the board. He's talking about. This like old man. Anderson's a guy that could like if if it was just like the regular life or whatever. Like when he was probably like twenty nine, he could like walk into a company and people would just like hand him a management position
3: because they're just like <laughs> he, he looks like he knows what he's doing. When he was seventeen, he could walk into a bar and be handed a beer. Oh uh, yeah, that type of one hundred percent. Here you he go, <goes>, sir. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. So they go back to well, Arn does back to uh, WCW now in the fall, or excuse me, the winter of nineteen ninety. Well, 1990 Tully doesn't began. go. Tully does not. No, Tully Arn does. does not. That's where Arn becomes a uh, pretty notable mid-card singles wrestler for a bulk of his career. He wins right. the TV title several times. It's
1: my understanding actually he was not expecting Tully to not come with them. There was Correct. some kind of drug thing. So he kind of had to reinvent himself as more a singles wrestler from that, even though he had done it before. But, like, he was he was rocking and rolling. They were making good
3: money as a tag team for a while. They were. They've been associated with each other in some capacity but since like, 1985.
1: Yeah, but I think as a, a proper tag team for, like, three years. Three years. And they were pretty rock solid. So Absolutely. They were just planning to go back to WCW initially and just pick, doing pick the same, the same thing. And then right. Tully's, like, uh, drugs and I'm not here anymore. <laughs> CDT!
2: <laughs>
3: So Arn won the TV title, and that became one of the things that he was known for, and he also, unfortunately, teamed up with Larry Zbysko as the Enforcers, if you recall. Oh, God. In like, 91. Yeah. did uh, he join the Dangerous Alliance as well? Yes, he did. Iron Anderson Because there. there was no Four Horsemen right. during that stretch of time.
1: Well, so the f- thing about the Dangerous Alliance was it was actually envisioned to be a Four Horsemen Correct. replacement, but like... A- like brand new, like new people, new no Rick new Flair. manager, like a big part. No Ric Flair. No Ric Flair. Like Rick Rude Ric is the Ric Flair. Right. Yeah.
3: And Arn was a, a big part of that. And then he was also, of course, in the four horsemen reunion version in 93 that uh included most famously paul roma right you know that very important <laughs> one of the most important four horsemen to ever exist <laughs> right and then according to him of course according to him and only him rick flair wanted to be paul roma oh absolutely i, I, I
1: mean everyone
3: really wanted to be paul roma i want to be paul roma i if i ever wrestle i will pattern my career after paul roma as you should yeah. romeo michael quinn over yeah. here uh and then He was, (laughs) I love this little stupid feud. Remember when he was helping out Dustin for no reason against the stud stable in 94? why does he always trust him? Like, and Dustin's I, like, oh, you're you're my friend, right, Arn? And Arn's so like, so dumb. Yeah, sure. Yeah. And then he turns on, and Arn is actually in the stud stable for a while, which right. is very bizarre. That whole stud stable feud, though, is really good with yeah. Dusty and Dustin when they I get like involved. It. It's really good. Uh, and then Arn is again the TV champion going into '95. He's a, a member of the reformed Four Horsemen, again, the one that includes Chris Voldemort. Right. In now, late '95, '96. had
1: lost the TV belt by the time this came yes. together. Wasn't that like, late 95. That's what I remember.
3: It was. He had lost it to the
1: Renegade, what unfortunately. I, yeah, oh, right, right, right. That's how he yeah, lost and it. And then after, like, slightly, maybe a li- like two or three months after that, I just remember he was like, four horsemen are coming back yep. together or whatever. We, me and Ric Flair were discussing like <laughs> who we we're going to pick. Right. and like there was this whole thing, and then they revealed it was like Voldemort and uh, Brian, Brian Pillman. Pillman. Yeah. Right.
4: Tony Giovanni for two years now, everywhere I've gone, everybody's asked me the same thing. When are you going to put this back together? And I told him, be careful what you wish for. You just may get it.
3: Arn kind of quietly faded away throughout the rest of 96 due to mounting injuries and formally retired in the ring in a speech in August of 97 offering kurt hennig his spot as like the not that it's really anything but his spot as, as the new enforcer, the enforcer or something yeah um, you know he
1: kind of was like i feel like he was around anyway even when they like <laughs> existed and he was just not wrestling anymore like he would always come out in a jean jacket and like yeah. <laughs> be like oh, well i've been so you better do whatever bric flair wants or something like you know what i mean like that right. shit would go on all the time yeah I know. And somebody's acting up in the four and iron anderson comes it's like
3: I remember when I used to do this. (laughs) I have jeans on now. Yeah, acid wash kind. of and then he would appear again, famously in September of '98 to reform the Four Horsemen with like Dean Malenko and all that. Right, the the, the potato chips get Alan out here, Ref Flair, whatever. This this famous clip here.
4: What a goose! What a (laughs) goose! I almost forgot the fourth horseman! Rick Flair. Get out of here!
3: And then, like, nothing happened. (laughs) Yeah, they
1: they just, like, got beat up by the NWO like two weeks later and just never did anything.
3: Yeah, and that was it as far as an active wrestler. He would pop up and, you know, back and forth uh, in WCW still, and then we went to WWF for a little bit. Mm -hmm. uh, On screen, I mean. Remember, like, WrestleMania 18, he's like there when Flair fights the underwear taker and all that. He's also famously there at the Ric Flair retirement thing, which is one of my
1: favorite moments ever. But
3: But that's Iron Anderson in a very small window. That's his career. Obviously, there's a lot more nuance to it that we don't have time to get into. But let's talk about now, Iron Anderson, as a wrestler in the ring. Very good, solid, very funny, fun to watch. Great wrestler, makes you know, sense. Um, and he could be pretty funny on the mic too. I, oh, I a remember a with promo. the
4: hat
1: or
3: whatever. That was <laughs> great,
4: brother. This is a rekindling of a dynasty. You understand what I'm saying? <laughs> when I tell you an inchworm can pull a freight train, you hook it
3: up. This is where I think Arn is underrated as a promo guy. Yeah, he's I, never mentioned. I actually think
1: some of his best promos are in his Dusty Rhodes feud, his like introductory feud, and in, like. 86
3: or something or or 87 yeah yeah. he is great on the mic because he's convincing he's to the point he's witty though he's funny Mm -hmm. there's like pithy humor in what he says but he's convincing it sounds like this is a guy that i take my wrestling seriously right that's like kind of his character i'm serious about this and i'm gonna win and here's why i'm gonna win and here's why you're not gonna win
4: the whole scheme of things professional wrestling any sporting event is based on one fact it's called human error. If there wasn't human error, any sporting event would all be equal. If everybody was perfect, there would be no winners and no losers. But one brief little setback does not inflict on the Four Horsemen regime, if you
1: understand what I'm saying. So this is the one thing I'm going to say about him, which it might be controversial. Okay. Now This is nothing against him. I really actually enjoy his work um, in too. general. Me too. Um, and maybe a lot of people like um, even his later work a lot as well personally i feel like his window of being anything was 1986 and 1989 like i feel like after that, he was just like lurking around okay it was like oh just endless tv champion you're not fond of him
3: as tv champion he's one of the greater ones i'm
1: fond of it as like almost like a like it's like a blanket right it's like a security blanket it's like (laughs) oh well like iron anderson he should definitely be the tv champion right but it was like if you look back at it it's like well It's kind of waiting for just somebody else to like pick up that mantle. All right. Like because, you know, he's he's great and all, but ultimately he's a squash match on Saturday night or like with a a sweet ass
3: spine buster, let's say, right?
1: With with a nice little um quick feud in the first one to three matches on a pay-per-view show. I mean, that's not unfair. Yeah. That's not unfair. It's not that he's bad. It's just that he's great. I think that because and again, I, I know I keep bringing this up, but because he looked like he was like a million years old, that the, there was some kind of like weird respect for him that like maybe was not warranted. Not that he wasn't good, just right. that it like that. It was like overblown. Like as a kid, like I said, I started watching later. So I came in and he looked old. So I thought, oh, he must be a legend. He must have wrestled for like 30 years right. or something.
3: Like, you know what I mean? I do know what you mean. Yeah. Let me ask you this. As far as the boxes that he does check off, right? Right. Great in-ring wrestler, no doubt about it. Really, Mm -hmm. like a fun to watch. Great promo. What quality do you think was missing that led to us never hearing the phrase, Arn Anderson, NWA World Heavyweight Champion? The look, period. You think that's all it is? I think that was a big part of it because he he had all the other
1: things. Like, that's, that's the thing. He really did. It's like did. they even tried that weird, like, Ric Flair feud.
3: What, in 95? Was Like 95?
1: Was that for the title or
3: not? I no, don't it wasn't. It wasn't. It's was during
1: that transient phase where Flair would sometimes be the champion and sometimes right. not be the champion.
3: That was right before the Horsemen were reformed Right, in and then Ric Flair regained it from the Macho Man later on down. Like, <laughs> yeah, you know, the like whole table. <laughs> yeah, the, the table. Yeah. Uh, you think it's, look, you know what? You're right, in a sense. He had more of a look of a world champion of the 70s. Then it right. would have been fine. Right, you think of your Dory Funk's, mm-hmm. but you're, he didn't really wrestle Jack in the 70s. Briscoe. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, your Jack Briscoes. Look at Vern Gagne, mm-hmm. Luthes. Yeah, he looks like one of them. He looks like one of them. I think maybe the look is one, mm-hmm. and I think the only other reason is that during the prime of his career, who was generally the NWA or WCW World Heavyweight Champion, Ric Flair. There you go. And nobody can.
1: It, I mean, sorry. It's just, it's just like WF in the same time period. It's like how could anyone rise above Hogan? Really. Right, except for maybe a
3: short run, very yeah. few people did. You know, no right. one really did. was doing Mr. Prime. Nanny or <laughs> <Yeah>. something. Like, <laughs> right. You know what I mean? Or No Holds Barred. Or, or of Flair the
1: needed to take, like, a three-month break because he wrestles, like, every night around the world. Sure. Like, it was the same thing. That's, like... Isn't that notably why they gave it to, like, Ronnie
3: Garvin was just because, like, Flair, like, needed, like, a few months off because uh-huh. he'd just been nonstop? I don't know if that's why or if they're just building the rematch right. at yeah. Starrcade 87. But not- nevertheless, I mean... I think that's it. I think the look... He has an old-school wrestler look, but he wrestled in the 80s and 90s. Yeah, also being aligned with Ric Flair doesn't really give you an
1: opportunity from a kayfabe perspective. Like, why would he ever fight him? Good point. You know, it was, it was even weird when they finally did it. And It was they were uncomfortable. Like, and they were like, oh, they're friends, really. Yeah, I like, like, that. like While they were fighting, they're like, when he would do a devastating move, they would, like, psychologically be like, well, how could he do that to his friend? His friend but yeah. they're also friends. Like, you know what I mean? Like, they would say two things at once yeah. like,
3: while they were fighting each other. I... I'm trying to think if there's anything else. I think that's th- those are the reasons why. Yeah. the look because he had the promo ability, he had the in ring ability, and the timing and, and cape the timing alignment of his character <laughs> yeah, and in general. Yeah, no, that's true though. Because yeah. if you're going to be the second in command to Ric Flair, how are you going to rise above Ric Flair? Right you're during never, that period, you going time. to. Right, and again, no one really should have. Flair was the man, quote unquote, to do that yeah, job. it's not, that he not even did. like a joke. He really no, was. He really like, during, was
1: uh, during Arn Anderson's time.
3: Flair was the man yeah. in that territory. That said, though. I'm happy to salute Arn Anderson here yeah. in the mid because he was, he was great at what awesome. he did. Awesome. Yeah. And, and folks, if maybe if you're not familiar with him, you can check out pretty much anything from 85 to even honestly up to 95. That 10-year run, he's really good. I don't know much about his. Three eighty five. Well, work. like you said, he was kind of like a wasn't jobber much of or anything. Yeah, uh, especially his horseman stuff, his stuff with Tully in both promotions, NWA and WWF. Stuff with Dusty. That his was feud this, with Dusty. His feud with Dusty is very good, and his, some of his TV title stuff in WCW in the early nineties is good too. So I'm happy to salute Arn Anderson, noted podcaster. And yeah, a, uh, really big podcaster and an all-time mid-carder and i mean that in the best possible way uh, but when when we come back we are speaking of all time we are nailing down the 10 all-time best entrance themes in wrestling and we are pulling two more names out of the tank we're gonna see where they rank that's right the royal rankings is coming up right after this mm-hmm.
4: Arn Anderson and Telly Blanchard are standing by with Bobby Heenan. You know, the little teeny boppers that scream for the rockers make me sick. But watching you getting carried out of that ring, that's gonna make me feel real good. You know, you think back to that fateful night. San Francisco, Cal Palace, 12,000 screaming people. The busters coming down the aisle and you guys get the butterflies in your stomach. What's gonna happen when they get in the ring? Oh, well, let's attack them behind their backs and then we'll see. The old adage is... Go big or stay home. You see, they look at us and they say, where do we fit in in the scheme of things? We're used to shocking people. We've shocked people all our life. They call us overachievers. So when you crawl in with us, don't expect anything but an overachievement. If you're going to be a victim, you might as well just resolve yourself to the fact that you failed to the best.
3: And welcome back, wrestling fans, to our Vantage Point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast. Thank you guys for being with us here. It is episode number 155. Here on Monday, November the 25th, 2019. Hi, Michael Quinn. Hello. Hello. Uh, Did you know Quinn? I think you know by now. We have a Patreon. Oh, yeah, that good you want to talk about why it's good maybe we can
1: well, do that. Right? you want to know why yeah. I, I, what is this 20 questions <laughs> Um. it's great because
3: there's just so much content a lot of content for, yeah. for a low low price yep and uh, that's at patreon.com slash podcast. quinn what we try to do is give people a lot of bang for their buck oh the most bang you can get so much for bang. a buck <laughs> yeah um, I mean really the
1: bang is out of control the bang on, <laughs> you can feel the bang on each tier
3: <laughs> so if you go to patreon.com slash OVP podcast and you want to support the show, we make it very simple. We have three tiers. And they are two dollars, three dollars, and five dollars, and that's okay, it. That's it. There's it's, nothing above five. Unbelievable, isn't it? Usually, you go. I got to pay fifty dollars
1: to yeah. sniff someone's boxers over at some other Patreons. but like at this one, five bucks,
3: I get all the boxers. Yeah. Yep. So <laughs> all the boxers you want from Quinn's personal collection. Yeah. Uh, no, but for two dollars a month, what you get is the making of every single Monday episode. That's right. We record video of every single show, including the one you're listening to right now. And what you're gonna see is behind the scenes footage before. the the show starts, in the breaks, anything that hits the cutting room floor. But not only that, you're going to get the Back Archives of not only the Mount Rushmore and Death Valley Extras, which we did about a dozen or so of. That's a lot. Yeah, it actually, is. like, for only $2. Yeah. You're also going to get about a dozen or so of the OVP commentaries that we did on specific matches. Yeah, plus so, you uh, get unlimited minutes on a raw thing. <laughs> yes, unlimited minutes. Yeah. And it's only $2 a month. We're not, not $2 a day or anything like that, or a week, a month. Yeah. A whole month. A whole month. Two bucks. So if you can afford it, that's a nice value tier. Now, if you want to add one more dollar to that for $3 a month, you're going get everything we just mentioned Plus every other Friday You get another video And this video is Quinn and I Watching in order The WWF From 1983 We did all of 82 Yeah right? so you get all that too Yeah it's you're, in you're, there You're not just You know
1: Jumping in in the middle. Just jumping. And in fact, the cool thing about this stuff is we have at this point in time, maybe I'm a little late by press time, but there's like 18 you can watch for free right now on YouTube if you want to check out like what this is all about. And if you want to catch up, obviously sign up for the Patreon $3 here. You can
3: continue past those 18. Yep. What we're doing is we're watching in February right now of 1983 and you can watch along with us or if you just want to listen, we have an audio version available as well. Wow. So it's very convenient for Incredible, you. Incredible, really. Listen in the car. Yeah. Don't watch in the car, though, if you're driving. I don't recommend Pull it. Pull over. I, if you have, like, a Tesla that has that big screen thing, I still don't recommend don't it. Because you might laugh too much yeah, you, or something. <laughs> I don't know. You might laugh and then crash. Yeah. Uh, and then if you want to max out, the highest tier we offer is only $5 a month. So you're going to get everything that we just mentioned, which is all of the commentaries, the Mount Rushmore Death Valley Actions, the Raw Video, the 1983 live reviews bi-weekly, and once a month. Quinn and I are reviewing, in order, every single WWF pay-per-view, including what's out right now is the SummerSlam 88. Wow. The SummerSlam. The SummerSlam. is Incredible, really. Yep. And next month is the Survivor Series. Wow. So it'll be fun as we go through every pay-per-view in chronological order. Survivor Series on Christmas. That's what I always look forward to. (laughs) Definitely. And these are, like, full, like, two-and-a-half-hour, three-hour podcasts. Yep fully edited and produced. The, no, the, it's like this show, just like OVP a style. full review, yep. like two hours or whatever. Yeah. I mean, that WrestleMania four one is, is two tapes off the hook. <laughs> yes. but, yeah. Uh, and this is $5 a month. That's it. If that's a value. And that's what we're trying to do for you guys is make it easy to get extra content and easy to support us. If you want to. And look, we understand that some people just want to listen to the Monday show and don't want to donate. And that's okay. We're just thankful that you're listening. So again, if you want to donate though, patreon.com slash OVP podcast now Quinn. We're doing the royal rankings, mm-hmm. and the royal rankings is where the fans vote their ten best and ten worst of something. In this case, it's entrance themes. This is before the season starts. Obviously, of course, yes. We compile all of these. The hanging Chad, you name mm. it. We just we compile it all into a tank, right? I thought they got rid of that. Well, we didn't. Hanging Chad. Oh, we still, still use hanging Chad. are the paper yeah, over here. Buchanan got some votes. Yeah. Oh, geez, <laughs> green <laughs> party. <laughs> That's Ralph Nader. And uh, what we do is. We take the top 10 that were selected by the fans and put them in the best tank and then the top 10 of the worst going into the Royal Flush tank. Now, this week, we're doing the Royal Rankings, which is the 10 best themes. And right now, there are four on the board, and I'm going to run them down for you right now. So just to be clear, these are the best themes of all time. The right best now. themes like, of all time. All
1: wrestlers, when yep. they, they look at themes right now, they're looking at this list, yep. obviously. Now, um, Brian Alvarez is looking at it. Yeah, he's like, uh, I need to go to the OVP spreadsheet or whatever to find out the best themes. Dave Meltzer's all on top of this. So if we ask
3: them today, what would be the best theme ever to exist? Number one is Randy Savage's Pomp and Circumstance. Oh, wow. Okay. Okay, Number then we decided that. Oh, definitely. Number yeah. two is the Undertaker's theme. Any uh, version of, but mainly the 97, 98 one is the one that got the most votes. Oh, yeah, that, that is definitely the best I Undertaker love it. theme. Number three is Ric Flair's theme, 2001 Space Odyssey. Woo, Woo that one. And also, Iron Anderson's theme because he would come out with them. <laughs> there you go. And number four, the best public domain theme I can think of offhand: the NWO theme. I really, really like it. I, <laughs> I like do whenever too. it has, like all the stupid crap added onto yeah, it, all the laughing and all it's the. It's got the most modifications. <laughs> it does by far. So those are the top four that are on the board right now. But let's get two more. Before we do that, we got to go down to Howard Finkel for the royal rankings, ladies and gentlemen.
2: I'm just a honky tonk man. man. I'm just a honky tonk
4: man. Pain and destruction is all in the name. If you smell what the rock is cooking,
3: it is the royal rankings. And Quinn, we are going to put two more names on the board here, which I'm very excited about. I know the fans are as well. They love when we do this. Yeah, it's, it's the best. It's so much fun. Who is it going to be? We don't know. It's a mystery. You know, and being we're, being the rankings, it's all good music. It's all good music. Hopefully, you never know. Some people might sneak in some weird ones here. What if like Teal Hopper like somehow made it <laughs> into the into the rankings and not the flush? I where certainly he belongs. hope not. Yeah, uh, but Quinn, let's uh, the time for talking. Mm-hmm. Is through, right? Is it time for turkey? I think it's turkey time. Let's uh, do it. Let's all find out who drew number five. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa, big one! That sounds like real American to me, Quinn. Hulk it's, Hogan. It's complete. You recognize this as soon as you hear it. This is wow. This is an iconic yeah. theme. Oh. probably because. Probably because Hogan used it for so long. Oh yeah, and I mean he even used it when he came back to WF later. Yeah, after the hol- yeah, after the brief NWO portion. right? Yeah, yeah. I I'm gonna have to f- see how I feel about this theme. I think I like it. Oh I my think god! I, like I mean, it. this is like for,
1: I will say this. This
3: is one of those themes
1: that for a lot of people, Yep, it could be like number one, like automatically, Probably. like not even like you wouldn't even think about it, right? Well,
3: I'll tell you what. It got a lot of votes. I'm mm-hmm. not going to say if it's number one voted in or out, but it got a lot of votes. So let me put it that yeah. way. Now, Hulk Hogan, this was not most people know this. This was not his first theme in the WWE. No, lab. this is the U.S. Express's theme, honestly. <laughs> it's yes, not even it was. his. It was Real American, written by Rick Derringer, sung by Rick Derringer. I think Jimmy Hart might have had a hand in it, but sung by Rick Derringer as well. Uh, was, yeah, written for the U.S. Express. Uh, Mike Rotondo and Danny Spivey. They like, no, like, uh, came uh, out Windham. to it for
1: like months. Yeah. Like not even like, it wasn't just like once or twice. It no, they was used like for a long time hey real asshole Ian never mistake Denny Spivey for Barry Wyndham ever again oh you didn't think I noticed well I did Hulk fuck oh
3: and Hogan started his WWF career uh using Eye of the Tiger which I believe he also maybe used an AWA yeah now you know what what is always funny about this scene to me like looking back
1: um I remember when I was a kid right yeah. it was during the time when like you know the wrestling on the internet was a thing or whatever but it was during a time where there was a lot of false information still. You know what I mean, right? Where, yeah. like, um, I remember a lot of people saying that this was the first entrance theme or something <laughs> like for
3: years. That's so wrong. Like, yeah, no, Not it's absolutely wrong. Right. But I
1: think because people just assumed that, like, there wasn't wrestling before Hulk Hogan that like of course there wasn't yeah there was what do you mean but the way wwf did explain themselves a lot of times they would act that way so this was you like know, yeah i know to a lot of fans that i knew this was assumed just assumed it's like oh hulk hogan he was the first person with entrance music he's the first person <laughs> ever
3: wrestle ever first um, person body slam under the giant first obviously. champion obviously yeah, um, first, champion first ever. So
1: it was like first everything so that that's actually like real at least in <laughs> my spheres like people like i had older people tell me like yeah hulk hogan's theme first theme to ever exist <laughs> wow
3: that's weird yeah. i never knew that that people said that yeah uh, but hogan didn't use it he came back to WWF in uh, january of 84 he didn't use this theme until the fall of 85 i believe it was right so it, it's not even his first theme. no he like, was using eye of the tiger yeah and this theme would be go on to be associated with the entire hulkamania era uh, which was a lot of Gorilla Monsoon, you know, yelling about how this is the greatest professional athlete in the world. Yeah, that's...
1: Uh, a thing you hear in your head whenever you hear this
3: david say oh
1: there he is greatest professional athlete ever to live (laughs) yep
3: a lot of posing after matches and things like that a lot of closing out WrestleManias posing oh he's so
1: strong (laughs)
3: like you know like while this is going on
1: uh, pan out shots
3: of the arena absolutely um jesse ventura bitching about cheating or something throwing shirts into the crowd (laughs) like bloody flags whatever yeah uh, that is a lot of the Hulkamania era. Uh, you know, this song kind of resonates with people because of that. And as a theme, it's effective anyway because it's got that. You know, because the full, yeah. there is a full a version of, of the dirt. song. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there's a lot of that, but here's the actual, the real full intro of the song. Is like this. Yeah, here it is. And it's weird too, like futuristic or something. I don't like this. I think there's a reason they didn't use this after a certain portion. They chopped it off very quickly. Yeah. Yeah. But as soon as it kicks in in a second here... It just turns into the beginning of the song. There you go.
1: There you have it. And then it's the same as we see clips of Ultimate Warrior in the, you know, blowjob segment or whatever.
3: This is a good song. I I like it a lot. I mean, there's no other... They used it to parody Hogan a few times. I know they used it uh, for the Stooges in 2000. Did they? Because it was... Yeah. The Stooges? Patterson and Briscoe used to come out with this.
1: Oh, I thought you meant the three Stooges. I was like, (laughs) when when was uh, Moe, Larry, and Curly
3: involved in this? I would love to connect Moe Howard to Hulk Hogan somehow. It's probably possible. I bet you in
1: the... um, Remember
3: when they remade the Stooges? Oh, with Will Sasso.
1: I, I would not... I never saw it. But I would. I it's would, not good. I didn't like. I it. wouldn't think it's a stretch if, like, somehow Hulk Hogan guest starred in that movie, like, because it just seems like something that, like, it's like you're not gonna get, like, I don't think he's you're in not it. gonna get legit people to be in this. Like,
3: I don't think he's in it.
1: On Monday night, they appeared on WWE Raw, where all three Stooges got in the wrestling ring, but things didn't go so well for Curly. He was dressed up as Hulk Hogan, complete with blonde wig and bandana.
3: As a theme, it was used for Hogan from 85 to 93, and then when he came back, and will always be used for Hulk Hogan, plain oh, yeah. simple. However, WCW couldn't use it, <laughs> so I think it's <laughs> funny, too. Maybe we just mention briefly the WCW knockoff that some people I've read actually prefer this.
1: Now I don't think... I want to say this before you play it. On one hand, yes, it's bad comparatively to the normal Hulk Hogan theme. On the other hand, it doesn't... It's not it doesn't bad. fail so hard that it's like, oh, Hulk Hogan, like, when it comes right. out, it's like, you feel like, okay, you get the feel of Hulk Hogan, right? Yeah. yeah. It's just the singing is the weird part to me.
3: But it's the same general like, feeling. gist. just... Yeah, like guitars. You know what I mean? Like, I could literally
1: see Hulk Hogan playing the guitar next to the the Mount Rushmore or whatever. (laughs) Like, while this is, you know, how it was in the regular Hulk Hogan video. It sounds a little more modern here, a little more 90s. Yeah. Got the red, white, blue, through his his veins. (laughs) The lyrics are, like, slightly different. He was born and raised in the U.S. of A. Like me. Stop Uh, it. I mean, like, a lot of people. (laughs) Oh, you hurt
2: my friend. Then
1: you hurt my pride I gotta be a man I can't let it slide I'm American man (laughs) Yeah, you could just like like, That's not even the lyrics No (laughs) But it's I was like okay with this. Like it's fine. A lot of people, this was like heresy when it came out. They were like, they, "How could they do this, like, Yeah, like. But it's okay. It, what were they supposed to do? In all honesty, they couldn't like, use real. American. They had to like just write something similar enough Very that you can like tell it's Hulk Hogan, yep. but like
3: different enough that they won't get sued. And that's what they did, and nicely done on. Good on them, I would say.
1: Yeah, it's it's the to me it's the usual WCW like public domain version of what Hulk Hogan yeah. would
3: be. The Jimmy Hart rewrite, you know, it's yeah. a specialty of theirs. Yeah. Let me ask you a question though. When you hear Hulk Hogan's theme, what does it do for you? Do you like it? Do you not like oh, it? Oh, it gets me so pumped up to
1: does. be honest. Okay. I I always it never fails for me. Like like I, you know, I want to get up off my couch and do the thing. <laughs> like it like it really does like a, an effective job of making you want to like man, Hulk Hogan's the fucking best. Like even like even if you spend the whole show it's like ah, Hulk Hogan and then like <laughs> fucking music hits and you're just like well fuck yeah like okay like you go get him Hulk and you're not a Hulkamaniac necessarily right. I'm not neither a big, of us really are outside of experiencing Hulk Hogan matches yeah like, out, like once the match is over I'm like well he's overrated or whatever <laughs> but like when it's happening he always like has a way of just getting me like you yeah, know I, I mean?
3: know I've seen that you know, with you. Yeah, and I will say this about his theme: it works great at the end of a match, which was oh, something yeah. he brought up in the last. Right, ranking. I
1: was gonna, I was gonna say the same thing actually. That like, I think that this should go in its favor is that this is a coming out and going
3: away theme. It works both ways, just like the Macho Man in that sense. Absolutely. It, uh, yeah, I think it pumps people up. I think it, it, it's evokes Hulk Hogan, right? Real I mean, it it American. It, 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 it pumps them up, but it feels victorious, victorious yeah. right? It's celebratory. Yeah, it's happy. It's triumphant. It's, there's a lot of um, qualities about this that are true for Hulk Hogan during that period of time. It's big. It's larger than life. It's, you know, it's, it's, it feels superhero like, Rather than like wholesome too. I don't yes. know how else to this, like, More this real like this is the
1: kind, like you hear this play and you're like, milk. yeah, the, the, the words are very positive white bread Yeah <laughs> so like you think I could take my kids to see this Miracle Whip You know like yeah, sure <laughs> like you would like if if this was like 20 years minutes. Ago, if this was 20 years ago mm-hmm. you've, you've supermarket sweep just had a child would you would definitely oh, yeah. take your kid to see Hulk Hogan it feel like safe about it. Not right? 20 like, years ago. Yeah, I just mean. 30 years ago. Yeah, thir- sorry, 30 Not years ago. Not 20. I'm saying like, this is very inviting.
3: He was wearing the jinkos. This character
1: yeah. is very inviting. It you is. You feel like safe the around your
3: children. Like. Now, hindsight being what it is, but let's right. forget all that because we're talking about at the time in its context. Right. In its, it's context, great. this was American values. Sure. You know? like, Absolutely. Like I was saying. This you is, know. What,
1: this is you, you know, the training, the prayers, the saying, you doing your vitamins or whatever. Eating the Entomans, whatever yeah. you whatever you like. But those are all good things. And this <laughs> music plays during it, and you're like, yeah, okay, I believe this. I get it. I yeah. need on board with this. yeah We start our day
4: smiling together with Entenmann's Little Bites Muffins. Yummy! They're made with real ingredients, like real blueberries and real bananas with zero grams of trans fat per serving.
3: Fits the character, would you say? Yeah, totally. 100%. 100%. And it wasn't even written for him. That's a crazy thing, but it fits Why him. Why did they think this should go with the U.S. Express? Because they're American. Yeah, but... Get it? It's in their name. I always felt... Man, Hulk Hogan always was waving American flags even before he took this theme. How different do you think the wrestling landscape would have been if Jim Duggan got this theme th- instead? First of all, I think Jim Duggan's like later theme is like amazing. The ho theme?
1: It's oh! so good. D- yeah. yeah, it is good. Like, so I actually I would hate a universe where that
3: happened because that means the <laughs> ho theme wouldn't exist, and it's great. Gotta have that ho theme. Yeah. All right, that's Hulk Hogan's theme here, real American, and we have another one to bring out here. And I think it's time, Quinn. It's high time, if you will, that we find out. Highwood Hogan. <laughs> Highwood Hogan. <laughs> <laughs> Who drew number six? <laughs>
1: Ooh. There he is, your favorite
3: wrestler, Joe. Right? <laughs> <laughs> this is Cool Cocky Bad, the, uh, the primarily known theme song of the Honky Tonk Man. I was surprised this made it because a lot of people, I mean, as much as people
1: like him as the Intercontinental Champion, people find him so fucking annoying. Like, I
3: think it's because he's just so good at what he does, yeah. and I've finally come to terms with that. Yeah, that he's like one of the best heels to ever exist. Uh, and in that time frame, in that company, anyway. <laughs> he's everything you don't want to see. Like, <laughs> just a sloppy... Even his theme pudgy wrestler with just junky rubbery (laughs) offense and just pants, your pants jumpsuit Jimmy Hart yapping around I look like little Lulu
1: (laughs) the Lulu thing is still my favorite don't ever let him say it Jimmy don't (laughs) don't let him say it Jimmy like all concerned
3: (laughs) one thing I really like about this song as we listen to it right Hey, it's pretty awesome at this point, and
1: it, I always like kind of get into it. Like, this yeah, de, 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 de. <laughs> top,
3: it's very, very happy. <laughs> yeah. What I like about it is it's the first one out of all of the themes, uh, flush or rankings that we've done this season, where the wrestler himself oh, really sings it. Yeah. Well, what about the NWO? <laughs> no, that doesn't count. when actually sings the song, and you know what? He can't play guitar, but he does a decent job singing. Actually, now, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna give a little a uh, little got, honky there credit. I gotta say this th- this theme is so arrogant. It, it oh is, yeah, but it's great,
1: and it and it rubs you in all the wrong places because you know what? On <clears> top <throat> of it, it does the clever thing of sounding positive, even though it's a heel, which is like that's always the big like it's almost like the that it's like that reverse heeldom, like how the Rougeos are chanting yeah, USA yeah. and stuff. USA. It's yeah. like if you're not in the know that this guy's an asshole. You go it sounds in, happy, and then you look like the asshole when you're right. cheering him and all the other fans are like, what's what wrong a with fucking this guy? Idiot? Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Well, like, It's got that effect where it like it'll
3: make you feel stupid if you get into it. Kind of like, like All American Boys. Right. Yeah. One of those. Well, it's because it's so happy. And all the lyrics are describing how how he's good. Right. <laughs> yeah. like, a long sideburns. My hair slicked bad coming to your town pink Cadillac all that it. it's just it's also, just saying who who's he is rocking a pink Cadillac in 1987 <laughs> or something like, you know <laughs> yeah, like it it's all like
1: it's all like why is he from the past right. like and you're confused like there's so many confusing things about the Honky Tonk Man character why does he think that people like him when he's getting like booed out of the building
3: like, why does he have Peggy Sue even though that's a Buddy Holly song and he's supposed to be an Elvis <laughs> impersonator and why, still why, grinds my gears why do his girlfriends dress like the 50s
1: yeah why like, are they what, like what, soda what, jerk girlfriends why do they? What do they do when they leave the building? Like, do <laughs> they still like? I these are things that I wondered as a kid. Like, well, they get some hunk of honka of honky love. Yeah, it was like, did, does he go in public dressed like this? Like, he better or like, does he just wear eighties clothes and Peggy Sue wears eighties clothes and then you can't like they, imagine, they just fade into the crowd? Like,
3: man, can you imagine how? Upsetting it would be if you're like in the middle of Honky's icy title run and you see him at like Burger King like and like a- or something <laughs> with, with like Peggy Sue and they're just dressed in
1: eighties clothes. Let well, me we get that grand slam breakfast <laughs> <Yeah>. here, <laughs> and he doesn't even have the accent; it's all fake.
3: How do you think Honky Tonk Man eats his eggs? I'd say sunny side up. Really not scrambled, huh? No, no. What about I, I, Jimmy Hart? Egg, Jimmy Hart. He doesn't eat eggs. Yeah, <laughs> Big egg whites. Egg whites. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta stay thin, right? <laughs> baby, 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 baby. So, the Honky Tonka Man's theme, this replaced his first WWF theme. Now, we have a long, sordid history with the feud with this song. Yeah. So, this song was actually his when he debuted in '86 as a face with suspenders before the <laughs> before, he conf- it,
1: before he asked if they liked him
3: or not yeah. basically before as you put it once am i healer or my face <laughs> basically yeah this is like exactly what happened
1: he's like so i think we should ask you if i should be healer. or f-. like what like what <laughs> that's not how this works what is it now it's almost like people would vote heal just because they were like what a fucking asshole just for asking us <laughs> asking them what are they aew asking yeah. the fans what they want how exactly. do think it was, this it was very weird. I, but, but it was also designed to make you hate him Yeah, more. he was
3: supposed to be a heel. That was yeah. just a ploy. Here is his first theme, which he carried over in through, through most of I 87. I hate it so much. It's it is, uh, scary. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> it's so low quality. Listen to the singing. <laughs> Listen to this. It's it's crush. It's crap. Crush. Mm-hmm. It just feels so cheap. Um
1: and on top of it so the reason why me and joe always hate this yes is wrestlemania 3 so wrestlemania 3 right honky comes out to this theme right and he's like it's just he's just on the crux of like switching the theme too which is really funny that it even made it into wrestlemania 3 it did so he comes out to face nightmare music and, (laughs) and jake the snake or whatever um and basically he comes out of like it's like the crowd is dark at that it's point. After like, it, it's steamboat. after the the sun has gone down, right? Yep. it's really dark, and it's a very big arena. And he kind of like comes out of like the shadows, but like it looks like he comes out of a black hole. And, and like hear. this music, this creepy music's playing, and it's like I don't know, it's like Halloween hockey talk man or something. It's like very <laughs> scary to me. And,
3: and the way he's wiggling on the cart always bothered me for some just, reason. I, I can't describe everything why. Everything about it was like. It's the, like the this music video to Thriller here. or yeah.
1: something. It's like very disturbing to me for
3: some reason. It just felt like Honky Tonk Man shouldn't have been there. Yeah. Like, it's just like, it's why like, are you he here? Is, no, this, go He away. doesn't belong here. Yeah. It's like... Too early for you. This is WrestleMania three. Get out of and here. And then Jake the Snake and Alice Cooper beat the shit out of him or yeah, whatever. And but he Jimmy went, Hart. But he honky wins. Remember? Well, the, yeah, but he kind of doesn't. But yeah, I know. Uh, and what, what was actually a very underrated match when we reviewed that for WrestleMania three? It's actually very it's okay, good. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's, pretty it's good. just funny because it's like right after Savage Steamboat, so you're like, this is shit right. or whatever. Now this but is it's not. Really. No, it's not shit. Uh, this was uh, Cool Cocky. Bad was his most iconic WWE song. He used it until ninety, and then they used the one that they debuted at WrestleMania six. He used that briefly. You uh, know. A hunka, honka, 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 love. Yeah, that one. What do you think it is, little girl? honka, <laughs> 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 uh,
1: honka, 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 honka,
3: honka, love. Hey, Gorilla, you're going to get that on CD, right? Yes, yeah, CD.
4: <laughs> How'd you like honka, 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 honky love? No
2: comment. You're
3: going to get it on CD, right? Yeah, CD. In WCW, there was another Jimmy Hart rewrite. Take Not honka, love. Take a listen to Honky Tonk Baby. I hate this so WCW, much. In WCW, 94. So it starts like his second one, but then the lyrics are like, cool, so cocky, bad. This is, so yeah, it's, I don't understand, they like,
1: <laughs> it's just shittier. It's a dog, man. Like it's, we, yeah, you're right, it's hunk of love music. With the Honky Tonk Man, like regular <laughs> it's song so lyrics, shitty. I don't understand why they thought let's combine those two things together, and then it will be thirty three percent different <laughs> enough so we know. can use it. I think Jimmy Hart wrote both
3: of them too. Yeah, is the weird part. Well, but- Jimmy Hart always
1: had such an association with the Honky
3: Tonk Man. was a great, great pairing, honestly. When yeah. music aside, you know, I that always a got great the impression pairing. they were like legitimate friends. Oh, they probably were. Yeah, like- I would think to work together that long. Now, this
1: Wayne Ferris fella. Like, I know we talk a lot of shit about him, but honestly, he seems like like a regular man. I, yeah, I've heard some shoots with him. So I've honestly, like, I almost like felt bad for him, like, how, like, they just kind of stopped what they were doing with them and it just de-pushed him yeah. like
3: massively everyone's run has to
1: come to an end though i yeah, mean I he wasn't gonna he was, be a
3: world champion i guess we're
1: watching now again all these pay-per-views and he was just like such a hot heel when they just abruptly stopped him so everyone's it was just weird yeah. end,
3: you know what i mean and you just can't go forever right yeah that's the only thing but yeah i thought he was great i thought uh his theme music cool cocky bad is really good let's talk about that so we've got a character like you said quinn that acts like the fans like him, even though they don't. Yep. He was the Intercontinental Champion for far too long, right, in the oh, fans' and eyes. That, again, again, that was just to piss everyone off. And do you think this song was like kind of the icing on the cake of oh, that yeah. whole ensemble? Oh, yeah, 100%. <laughs> again,
1: the, makes you feel stupid because <laughs> right. you're like, oh, this is happy and I want to dance to
3: it. But it's like, no, don't do that. You're right. a fucking asshole. Talk stinks. <laughs> <laughs> and he's got sometimes Peggy Sue with him. Sometimes, Why yeah. is she from the 50s? Why well, is he Elvis? But, but he's not. But, but he doesn't he says, sound he like Elvis. He he wrote all <laughs> elvis's songs or yeah. something i almost ripped him off but yeah. how would he be old enough for that because so <laughs> none of it makes sense
1: I, I do have a loose like time travel theory with honky talk man that possibly he like he, let's hear it just that like he's like a fish out of water right it's like it's reverse marty mcfly like, you know how marty mcfly went back to the 50s yes this is like if honky was in the 50s and like by accident he got in the trunk of the delorean Oh, the trunk okay and like and he was like right. where am i and he was like with peggy sue like <laughs> oh both peggy of them. Sue, baby come on now it's like let's get in the trunk here and so they get in the trunk right and marty's like i can go back whenever i want to stop that gun thing but like right when he stopped it like honky-tonk at peggy sue they like slipped away like in their 50s clothes oh like, okay like, and they just like went behind that like that weird like photo booth thing like in, in the mall uh-huh, and they sure. like hid that's so, what happened right and then they,
3: they, they just escaped into arenas around the country so like 1959 honky-tonk man is still mad at elvis yeah for I, ripping him off and i'm assuming honky was like
1: shopping for clothes or whatever and like he was like all these clothes are so weird but he saw like a thrift shop in hill valley and he was like oh i recognize like oh this is like why would anyone dress differently okay you know like that's all basically and then he just met vince mcmahon or something <laughs> <laughs> like this is my girlfriend, Peggy Sue. And like they just went on to you know be the Intercontinental Champion and everything. I think that's exactly what happened. That's probably the background story, now right? Now that you mention it, yeah. yeah. Uh,
3: is it ranking time? Yeah, sure. <laughs> okay, so let's recap what we've got on the board here, folks. At the best, we have Randy Savage's Pomp and Circumstance at number one. The Undertaker's theme on any version except Satan Taker. I don't like that one as much. At number two, three, Nick Flair. And- yep, Nick. Yep. <laughs> and four, the NWO theme. Hawk, Hogan, Quinn. I mean, there's only four on the board. Mm -hmm. Are we going to just run it up from the bottom and see if it beats each one? So I think it definitely beats the NWO theme as much as I love it so much. I don't disagree out of the box, but just give me one reason.
1: (laughs) I don't know. It's not as erratic, and it's like very stable and iconic. It's more iconic than the NWO theme is kind of the bottom line. Agreed. And Uh it's also good for winning and... And, uh, True and coming out too. It's a happy song, right? Uh, it had a very long run. MWO theme again. It's another one of those
3: like better for an entrance.
1: Like when they win, it's kind of like eh, whatever.
3: Yeah, I think the NWO song, well as a theme, is really good. Really oh, yeah. effective. No, well the thing is,
1: it captures the character. But I think all of these
3: flush, ones, not flush ones, these ranking ones. Yep, they always fit the character. There's not like so the, far the, so the, good. The whole
1: point. The, it's like kind of why
3: they're here. You know what I mean? Absolutely. So far so good. Is it better I'll I'll agree with you that it's better than the NWO theme. It's certainly more popular probably, even though the NWO was very popular and very very recognizable in a narrower window than mm-hmm. the Hulkamania era. You right, know, that's definitely. that's the grounds, if nothing else.
1: Now Ric Flair theme, this is actually like I think its first challenge because I agree. You know, Ric Flair, this theme is just iconic. Yeah. And in in a weird way it lasted longer than than the Hulk Hogan theme. In fact, yeah. this was Ric Flair's like from you know I f- sometime 80s. in the 70s even maybe i 70s, don't remember not
3: possibly yeah well wh- i don't know though flair see here's the thing they both fit the character and the characters are both so different whereas flares is this grandeur right this right. elegance this pomp, not pump and, and, and circumstance the character, but whereas with with the hulkster
1: yeah he's like I'm a cool Venice Beach biker man or whatever he is. Like, you know, well, like he hangs I, and bangs. I, I hang on the beach and work he, he out. He bangs my, on the beach, too. Remember I think. the workout beach? Remember when they established that in that episode of Baywatch, Baywatch yeah, yeah. with Brutus Beefcake or I whoever mean, this, it was? This, is, this is the life Hulk Hogan lives. It's guitars and um, uh, motorcycles. And he was
3: in a bunch of
1: bands, right? Wasn't he? Right. In Metallica or something like yeah, that? Yeah, actually, I always wondered as a kid because they showed in the video like him playing the guitar and the like actual background of being a musician. Right. I was like, does he like play this? Like he doesn't sing it, but he's like, does he play in the instrument (laughs) background? I don't think he plays on it. No. (laughs) That's funny though. Did he play
3: his own theme? I don't think he plays on it, but he can. He's a bass player. Yeah. Uh, So both befits the characters. Yeah. The characters are widely different. Which one's better at the end of a match? Definitely Hulk Hogan. It's got that, right?
1: I, I wouldn't say that Ric Flair's isn't pretty celebratory because like when he wins a world title after a hard-fought match Rick Flair's theme, a face. Yeah, Ric Flair's theme yeah Rick Flair's theme like seems like this is the most you've
3: just witnessed the most glorious victory right. to ever happen especially beating like Vader in 93 or beating Harley races. does right. he have the theme there I can't remember it's Starcade 83 I think he does, I think but he I does, don't know. Right?
1: I don't know if that was like before the time when they would play it after one. I feel right. like he want he came out to it because it was like that big long entrance yep. with the light show and everything. Right? Yeah. But the like laser after show. it's over, they're just like, "Oh, Ricky Steamboat's celebrating with him and like, <laughs> right, and that like was it. Angelo Mosca and shit." Yes. And pro wrestling illustrated <laughs> shirts all over the place. Don't call them. You know yeah. what? <sighs> what if all those shirts just said "After Mag" because they all like <laughs> ran to the ring to celebrate with
3: Flair and their fucking Adidas. You know what I mean. Like, Wait a minute. Did I just hear you say something, Quinn? How many times do I have to tell don't you? Don't call them the Aptomags. I was just making a joke this time. Don't Sorry, that. Bill. <laughs> Jeez. All right, so Flair's theme is very celebratory as well, but I think... <laughs> Not as much as Hogan's, though. I think Hogan... Oh, this Hogan, is gonna- you want to party with him afterwards. Do you? Like, yes. I don't. You're just like, man,
1: good victory, Hulk. Let's go get a drink or something.
3: But there's a cutoff where it's like, all right, enough of this already, right? I mean, no not for me even in the 90s i love how it like fades off it's 93 like, hogan with oh, the 90, money okay yeah yeah that's that's a little different <laughs> or but, when he beats yakuzauma in ninety i'm thinking of like
1: 1987 oh Hoganers, hell yeah whatever hell yeah i want to go out and have a beer with this guy have a steroid he with this swam, guy uh, yeah have a steroid with him after he slammed the giant like it's like fuck yeah <laughs> remember that remember that promo that like i said like it like almost made me cry like where he was just like He's just talking about, you know, like, everyone, brother, doesn't think I can win, but yeah. I believe in myself. Right. I went up to a mountain to, like, you know, meditate on this yeah, shit yeah, yeah. or whatever. It's WrestleMania 3, right? Yeah. Yeah.
3: Ugh. I can put it above Flair's because I think it is a better theme song. Yeah, definitely. I agree with you on that. It's not to put down Rick Flair's. Obviously, it made it, you know, it's here. It's good. It's not even like a uh, WF bias. It's no, just like, no, 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 no. I just
1: feel like, I don't know, Hulk Hogan's to me is just so... There's something it's electric so I- about yeah, it. It's Some- so iconic. It's like, honestly, it's like one of the first theme songs I ever, like, knew of, like, in, a, in yeah, wrestling. Yeah, same here, right. it, You
3: know what I mean? Uh, I could yeah. sing all the words, right, like, right. you know, all that. Okay, let's put it above flares, but now it's got to go up, up against the underwear takers theme. Which, the,
1: again, I've talked about how the fanatical under, underpants taker people, they...
3: Oh, the, the ones that think he's the best wrestler ever, there's no winning this argument. right. Right? I Especially mean, the 98 theme, because fuck. Uh, like, <laughs> the, and the first one, too, like yeah. we mentioned, that the, the, the original people, one.
1: Yeah, I've heard some people after our episode say, uh, no, I really like the first I Undertaker do too. theme better. I like, I it, like too. it, but
3: I, I personally would say the 98 is the best. That's my favorite. Ah, oh, man. Well, all right, let's compare these now. Once again, they both fit the character clearly. Undertaker's probably more so. Yeah. Honestly, and Undertaker's theme evolved over time. That's true. Does that mean that it's better, though? Hulk's evolved over time. No, not come in a, on. In a good way, but. Not a real American didn't, though. Yeah. Real American specifically made the list here, not like any Hulk Hogan thing. Yeah. <laughs> like American made didn't the WCW make the list. That's no, gonna, No, uh, help him no, here. no, no, no. Can't. It's a different song, yeah. technically. But I would say this Hulk Hogan coming out to Real American mm-hmm. in 86 versus coming out to it in 1993 versus coming out to it in 2002. I would say this about five. The later Hulk Hogan coming out yep. to it, I think actually his song, believe
1: it or not, was a good crutch when he wasn't as good anymore. Because I mean, people would get like as much as they were like tired of Hogan. No, I never saw people not standing up and like freaking the fuck out when like Real American
3: played. Now we're talking, of course, pre some bad things that happened with him. You know, yeah. we're talking up to that point. Well, I'm saying we're even, talking in hindsight.
1: I'm saying in '93. Even, sure. when, even
3: at his worst. Don't bring him. Somewhat somewhat you have annoying. to bring it up.
1: I just mean to say that when that theme plays, yeah. you still see the excitement in the crowd. Yeah,
3: you do. Yeah. You see it as late as WrestleMania 30 when he comes out and calls the place the Silverdome. Yeah, but that's more of like a remember when Hulk Hogan was good kind of moment. Like, that's not
1: like a that's different to me. That's nostalgia. I mean, like when he was like actually an active wrestler and people were bored of him.
3: Yeah, I think The Undertaker, though, is, is going to have the same thing for as long as he's ever showing up. Yeah. I mean, The Undertaker's theme is always going to be regarded as one of the best. I think the problem is the thing we have to separate here, right? From the Separate the marrow from the bone here, Quinn, is with The Undertaker, it's not all theme. It's also the lights going off that's a yep. big reason that people love his entrance so much yeah and that's not part of the music technically as weird as that sounds yeah i think that all works
1: into a lot of why people think the undertaker's theme is better than it maybe is it's because there's a light show involved that's not or to a say lack, or a dark that, show you know you some of these other people like rick flair randy savage um that their entrances don't have a bit of um know pizzazz to them yeah but not like the undertakers that's the only one where the actual lights make make a difference right i just mean to say is that for example with hulk hogan right right there's some like signature as far as like the home viewing experience with the hulk hogan um there's some signature things they like to do with hogan's like entrance like for example I've noticed when he comes out a lot, they'll do, like, a, a tracking shot, like, up to him or something. Yes. Like, and, Like, he'll be, like, looking into the crowd. That's being, WrestleMania like, 8, specifically.
3: That, they do a great job with that there. Right.
1: And th- they used to do that for a while after uh-huh. that. Like, I always thought that that, to me, is Hulk Hogan's signature, like, the what would you call it's that a zoom,
3: Co- it's like a zoom in it's like a it's a cinematography wide shot. To yeah, the the cinematography hulk, to,
1: to hulk hogan's entrance i always like notice little touches like that sure or the like the other thing that hogan does for example usually he'll come out in kind of a huff and like point sure like, as if like like uh, taking that Hulk aspect of his character, that like, oh man, now he's so fucking pissed, he's gonna like take out this big nasty evil
3: person or whatever. With the bandana in his mouth and everything, yeah, that sometimes. was always to me that
1: made him look like
3: threatening. It's like
1: about- oh, somebody had to hold him back,
3: right, back there. You and know? what about the tearing of the shirt to right. the song? Yeah, is it better than Undertaker though? I think so, personally. But
1: I think it's more relatable than a zombie man. That pff, that's like, <laughs> it's like I can believe a big uh, like a guy that you know when you piss him off. Like, his muscles get bigger, and he comes out, like,
3: or something. So, okay. That said, though, Quinn, that said, what do you think of... um, The theme itself, I think, it's way better than The actual theme, okay. Post-match, definitely Hogan. Definitely, 100% Hogan. Like I said, I like the Undertaker a lot. I I know you do. uh, As far as his theme and shit, but... Okay, then that's what we're going to do, Quinn. We're going to put Hulk Hogan above the Undertaker. That leaves, (laughs) very fittingly... The mega powers now because have to of duke course, it out. of course for, it does. <laughs> now, Savage but, has a number one spot. The one thing about Hulk's is that it's custom
1: for him versus the Macho Man. It's the first thing that stands out to me. Macho Man is just the graduation song.
3: In fact, other than the 97, 98 Undertaker theme here, mm-hmm. Hogan's is the only one that's not uh, an existing song. And again, the Undertaker's not is based- NWO, but. That's based on Hendrix samples, though. Oh, true. I totally together. forgot
1: about that. Yeah.
3: Undertaker's uh, original song is based on the funeral dirge, which is a real thing. Flares is based on classical music. Savage's is Pomp and Circumstance. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, Hogan's is the only one that was like written. It was written in 1985. It was right. contemporary at the time. Right. That doesn't necessarily make it better or worse, but it's just worth noting. It's, it's, an, it's an aspect that makes it unique on this list. Um but it wasn't his song originally too, which is very funny. I oddly find Randy Savage's theme more triumphant. Um, I do too. No, I I agree with you. Yeah. However, Oh, this is, no, I think it's savages. What do you go ahead? What?
1: I just, to me, Hulk Hogan's theme, there's something, there's something comforting about it. I don't know how else to put it. It's just like, it's like he's coming, coming to help the good guys. You know what I mean? It's like a, it's more marchy, I guess. I don't know. Like, it's like he's marching down to the ring. Like, okay. there's something about it. Like, it's just more facey, even.
3: It's more facey, but here's the great thing. is Savage's theme works either way. because you can, true. Because you can interpret it arrogantly when he's a heel, and you can interpret it very triumphantly when he's a face. I think Savage stays a number one. I'm going to tell you I, why. I, I think that's a definite possibility. I just the entry. The, the,
1: I don't really have a good argument to you that's to, what I'm saying. to say it isn't. But I also don't have a good argument to say that Randy Savage is Better than Hogan, but Hogan's he's the either. incumbent.
3: Yeah, there's no reason to put Hogan above him, right? right? Because if they're both great; they're like neck and neck. But the thing with Savage is, it just there's a quality to watching him enter the ring or after a match to that music and just the way he moves to yeah. that song. Hogan does it too. Hogan's is very triumphant as well. But there's something about Randy Savage's song I cannot put my finger on. Some je ne sais quoi, I, well. but it's I, great. Here,
1: here's a situation where I think in both cases that the wrestlers actually the way they came out added to the actual theme itself, which is weird for music. It's like that, like the visual can they can work. embellish the the music itself. right? Yes, and the, the stuff with Liz and Savage with the themes specifically. There's like just an association with like love and like and friendship and you know like that yeah. this guy's helping this girl and this girl's helping this guy and you know they're gonna get together and you know they're gonna make some magic and i don't even mean that in a weird way uh-huh. i just mean that yeah. like that it's like you know this
3: just guy's call me david copperfield
1: yeah, this guy's uh-huh. a great wrestler um you Made know leading liberty disappear huh what a man! What a woman! <laughs> Maybe like, the shoes are too tight. Yeah, I don't know. you know. Like, it's just... I don't... There Again, yeah. That's the whole thing. The Rain Hat song. The Rain Hat It's the Rain Hat song. song. The Rain Hat version of it, yeah.
3: yes. <laughs> but also at WrestleMania 4, also when he's, like, all nice to Liz at the main event in right. February of 88. But even when he was a heel, his WrestleMania 3 entrance, 6 with Sherry. Yeah. So, the other thing eight? I was just going to say is the sinister
1: thing, again... The funny, I, I always thought that this theme also worked a lot when you see, especially when it was the full blown Savage and Sherry on that like chair the thing sedan. on the sedan. And Sherry is like far too proud of him. <laughs> and it's like and
3: she's a witch, maybe. Yeah,
1: she might be like enchanting him or something. I'm not sure they they there's a they, Remember, There was like a cauldron. There yeah, might have no, been there spells. Was. Like, there was. I'm, I'm not positive about the spell. Yeah, it wasn't but, even Halloween. It's weird that Randy Savage has like Undertaker elements worked into his
3: character. Like he is a little bizarre. Yeah, you're right about why that. Why didn't they have
1: Sherry man at the Undertaker? That like just transfer the Stop. powers over or whatever. Stop it. She could have gone Undertaker. Like like, she's like, "Fuck you, Paul Bear." Oh no! And like he like gets like through a Sherry just like kicks him in
3: the balls or whatever. Ball bear. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, you know. Are we putting Savage above Hogan? Yeah, let's do it. Good, once for fucking once in his life. Uh, yeah, seriously. God, I I just think I, maybe if you caught us on a different day, folks, the I argument know, might I, be different. I, this is
1: that's the weird part about this is I really think Hulk Hogan like it could maybe be better. Have been, I think even if Hulk Hogan drew his number before Randy Savage, he might have
3: just stayed hey, at number one. That's why it's the luck of the draw here. I mean, it's just like the yeah, Royal the Rumble luck of the Irish. Luck of- <laughs> okay Hogan.
1: Yeah, Hogan.
3: <laughs> not lucky this time nope not as lucky this time and folks you can let us know what you think obviously who should be number one but quinn we have also got the hunky dunky man now oh man i almost forgot um <laughs> seriously well no, that's so hunky and dunky. um so is ugh, it even better than the nwo theme? i might not it's like, like good it, i don't even know if it's better than that though yeah. Right? In all seriousness. Wow,
1: I, I thought it would be more of a climb, but... Well, I mean, I knew it would never beat Ric Flair, so it's really just between NWO and Hunky. Yeah, I and I have to say this is, like, just as far as, like, memorable is concerned, a lot more people give a shit about the NWO theme. Like, come on. I think so. I like, think- Hunky was kind of, like, as much as we appreciate his healdom, it's right. also, like, amongst most people... Like, an all-time If theme. his music played today, like, and he came out, It's like, here's Donkey talk "talk Man on Raw or whatever. That happened
3: in the 90s and I
1: hated it. Well, sometimes he still comes out to say hello. I always hate it. But my point is, is that people be
3: like, who? Like, you know what I mean? Maybe, yeah. Well, let me ask you this, okay? Out of... Because this would qualify, in my mind, as one of the comedy heel themes, of which there are several. There's this one. Mm -hmm. There's All-American Boys. There's I'm the Mountie or we're not the Mounties. There's Jive Soul Bro, right? Yep. All these songs you from- You consider Jive Soul Bro a comedy thing? Yeah, because listen to the lyrics about a like well, woman yeah. that was seven feet tall and all that. My question is, out of all of those I just mentioned, I think this is the less the least of them. Yes. Jive Soul Bro is better than this. All American I, Boys- I really hope Jive Soul Bro makes right, it on I'm this saying. list because holy shit, is that a good song? Like, is this a memorable song? To an extent, but it's not, I don't know. I it's is, it, a, is its own annoyingness on purpose working against it? like <laughs> yeah it's the other thing right i mean the nwo actively tries to be annoying too let's be fair but it really fits the nwo because it just like, sounds so scatterbrained you know what it is the nwo song sounds illegal or yeah, something like it sounds unauthorized which is the intention, like, like, right and it's, that's it's why supposed it works. to be unauthorized uncensored if you will Un- uncooked also that's why i think it works Yeah, Honky's theme definitely fits the character. It's like, hi, I'm Honky Tonk Man, pink pink, pink hair, whatever it is. Fuck you, and you're like, like, fuck you. Does that make it better than the NWO? I don't know. I don't think it's going to
1: top Flair. Yeah, I don't. I don't think it's touching Flair. I don't think it beats the NWO either. So that was a quick one. I think you're you're right. In agreement here.
3: I don't. I really can't think Quinn, of why Honky's theme would be better than the NWO. Is it funnier? Yeah, Yeah, but kind of. (laughs) But <laughs> yeah, that's the other thing. There's some versions of the NWO theme that are funny. I mean, nothing Rock to
1: House. me beats the Rock House cackle <laughs> thing. Like, that is just fucking amazing to me. It's I, I still am amazed that they, like, that, like, from week to week, they took the initial Hulk Hogan laugh, which already was so stupid. And they put, remember, they put the old one in there where it's just not even pitched or whatever yes, yes. So it's like, ah! <laughs> and then somebody over there said you know what would be funny <laughs> is if we fucking just turn the pitch up on that shit and yeah, just right. played it and it's, <laughs> it's great
3: it's just to annoy anybody who's in the crowd i i think <laughs> it is though it is annoying but it's supposed yeah. to be honky's theme is like it's a heel theme but i like it so is it a good heel theme no that's the it's yeah. just it's fine yeah it might stand I mean, at the bottom it, yeah Depending on what else comes, I'm saying like it might finish at number ten. I mean, a weird (laughs) situation.
1: Is there going to be any themes on this show? Do you think where like the flush is just a different version of somebody else's theme that's just so fucking bad? I don't know. We're gonna have to find out. Maybe on the rankings. That would be
3: funny, but I don't know. Like a Hulk Hogan
1: theme that American made. Yeah, people (laughs) don't like
3: it. (laughs) Maybe. I think we're in agreement, though. Number six, we'll keep it at the bottom, is the Honky Tonk Man. Yeah. I like it. Don't get me wrong. I don't know if I'd vote it as one of my number 10. I would certainly, if I were doing a top 10, certainly Jive Soul Bro or All American Boys would be on here ahead of this in terms yeah. of comedy heel genre. I think I like this list right now. I think it looks really good. Okay. So why don't we call it official? Call it for, for what it for is. For now, this week. For, obviously. Yeah, obviously just for, uh, for this week. As we run down, folks, the updated list of the best themes in wrestling, starting with number one still, Randy Savage's Pump he, and Circumstance. He held it. He held on to it. I'm very happy for him. Number two, The Real American by Hulk Hogan. Congratulations, Hulk. Yes, Hawk. he wrote the song. Yeah, he wrote it. Uh, number three, <laughs> The Undertaker. Number four, Ric Flair. Still a healthy spot there for him. Yeah, right. Dead in the middle there. Dead in the middle. Uh, number five, the NWO theme. And number six, cool, cocky, and pretty bad, actually, because it's at the bottom here. It's so bad. So bad. Those are the best themes in wrestling right now. Let us know yours. Do that on Twitter at OVP Podcast. Email us or join the group. But, Quinn, when we come back, it's time to uh, revisit Nawa. I think we're going to have to figure out what this is all about. Mm -hmm, We're reviewing something, and that's coming up right after this.
4: How did you audition for uh, Metallica?
0: I didn't. I, uh heard they needed a bass player and i was coming off a roll from being hearing not not hearing back from the rolling stones because i was i was on a uh a celebrity like a charity you know how they have the grammys and all these stuff they have something in england like but it was a comedy show and so i was presenting with jerry hall and i said hey man i heard your old man needs a bass player you know? <laughs> i played for 10 years and you know i was pretty good locally you know back in the day and so I gave her my name and number, and she hit me up for merchandise. I said, oh, this I'm going to get a chance here. So I sent all oh, the WWE merchandise to Jerry Hall and stuff. So never heard a word from it. <laughs> and on that same note, Metallica needed a bass player, and I like, oh, my God, would I love to be in Metallica. So I put the word out everywhere. I wanted to get an audition to right. be in Metallica. I'd never heard from them either. From Marley Race to Hulk Hogan, Ric Flair to The Rock, Sting to Steve Austin, you're listening to our the Retro Wrestling, Wrestling Podcast. Podcast.
3: And welcome back, wrestling fans, to our vantage point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast. It's episode number one fifty-five. And before we review something, Quinn, there's other podcasts that are out there. Oh, really? They talk about wrestling. Oh, they w- wait. We're not the only ones. No. Or uh, Anderson. And- oh, yeah. <laughs> I heard something about WF. Yeah, there's doing, other doing a podcast. Yeah, Corey Graves. Uh, he yeah. does one. But there, if you want to get outside of the big empires, right, the WWE podcast, Conrad's Empire, there the are- Roman Empire, the Roman Empire. <laughs> The Ottoman Empire. If you want to escape those things. If you're tired of resting your feet on Ottomans, Uh, the British Empire, yeah. No (laughs) Empire's around here. The evil Empire. Yeah. We have some friends of the show that are other independent podcasters that are scrapping along the Indies like we are doing their thing, and we wanna shout out a few of them for you. And we're gonna start with the wrestling podcast about nothing which is the wrestling podcast about wrestling, actually. Not about <laughs> nothing. It's, it's about wrestling. Mm-hmm. And it's hosted by two guys that actually know what they're talking about, because they've worked in the business. One of them is a former referee who is definitely retired. 100% retired. He will act that, like he's on in the hiatus. Allegedly. But don't he believe He says it that.
1: every time at the beginning, believe it. and I'm not sure. No. I, at this point, I'm not sure I trust it. No.
3: <laughs> but you can trust it'll be a quality show when you listen to it, because it's hosted by Mean Mike Crockett. So Mean Biggest so mean Daddy. So Biggest Daddy and the Most Retired Referee. And he's joined each Every week, generally By a guy that actually wrestles in the actual ring of honor A big name in the game A big guy, too The brawler, Brian Malonis Yeah, the Wine City Whaler All (laughs) the way from Wine City All the way from Wine City His partner, of course, in the bouncers The Beer City Bruiser But what these guys do, Crockett and Malonis Is they talk about wrestling through a fan's perspective But with that inside twist Because they've worked in the business So you're going to get a little current A little insight A little analysis A little retro good show check it out it's the wrestling podcast about nothing now also if you like your retro wrestling shows hosted by only one man there is a guy his name is peter Winson, and he hosts this weird quirky fun show called greetings from allentown yeah. GF Allentown hosted live from Allentown, of course Yeah, definitely from Allentown It's certainly where he lives Yeah What <laughs> this show is Is Pete Winston will take an episode of old wrestling Let's say it's WWF 1987, right? Mm-hmm. And while he reviews that Over the course of 90 minutes Maybe 115 minutes, if you will He will mix in with the wrestling talk So many other things pertaining to pop culture Or hockey or something like or that cats Maybe cats, maybe beer I don't know You will not even realize that you're listening to a wrestling podcast. It's amazing how this guy weaves in and out of wrestling talk. It's really good
1: for playing loudly when, like, maybe your wife's around and she doesn't like wrestling. (laughs) And you're like, oh, I'm just listening to a show. Don't don't mind me. And you have it, like, playing loud. It It would probably take her at least 15 to 20 minutes to figure out that she's not... Listening to a wrestling show and, or that she is right. Yeah. Fifteen
3: to twenty minutes to get warmed up, much like yeah. Greg Valentine. So it's Greg Valentine of, of subject matter, <laughs> PD Winston is. So check out greetings from Allentown, G of Allentown, and also if you like your retro wrestling slathered in that barbecue sauce, if you like that coleslaw, Coast you like the, you like yeah, the coleslaw. I coin, love coleslaw. Uh, check out booking the territory with Mike Mills. This is a show where they dive deep below that Mason and Dixon line. That's right, we're talking about the NWA. We're talking about the smokiest of the mountains. We're talking about Booking the Territory, the Southern Fried Wrestling Podcast, or Southern Fried Brethren, the unprofessional wrestling podcast. It is Booking the Territory. I also want to give a shout-out to the new keyholder, if you will, of History of WWE, Quinn. Wow, a a big database of wrestling, really. Graham Cawthon dedicated 20 years to archiving results and trivia and all these things about WWF and other promotions as well, but mainly WWF and he has handed the keys to history of com over to our own Richard land. Yeah. Richie. So big congratulations Congrats, to seriously. old faithful, the yep. right hand man of Graham for many years, Richard land. And if you've never heard of history of WWE.com, check it out. This is not a paid sponsor or no. anything like that. We're just shouting out a friend, check out history of WWE.com because it has all sorts of house show results. TV results video results everything great website history of wwe.com but quim what we're reviewing here speaking of richard land (laughs) yeah yeah this was uh suggested to us by our mate there in england the lord alfred of ovp (laughs) yeah the lord alfred of ovp thanks lord yeah this is what we thought was Nawa. now Way, way back in episode number 27 or 47 or something like yep. that, we reviewed Nawa. We reviewed Nawa like two years ago, over two years I, ago. I, I hated it. Like, it was one of the worst <laughs> things. Lots, remember, the, was that the fake Chief J Strongbow? Yes. Yeah. Tatanka Horrible. was in there as War Eagle. Yeah. We thought we were getting into Nawa again here today.
1: Well, I was hoping we weren't. So I was sort of happy
3: when we when this happened, but also not. Right. So the Nawa that we did review two two and a half years ago, right? That Nawa was the North American Wrestling Association, and that was down in the Carolinas. Okay. This Nawa is the North American Wrestling Alliance. And it is in upstate New York. It feels like ACW Junior. It does like, actually. Like, if that's even possible in 1992, but and you're, you're going to see why. Yeah, why, why? Why we're saying that now? This was a small promotion, a regional promotion, not affiliated with anybody that I can understand. I don't think anybody want to no. <laughs> be affiliated with this, but okay. And. It actually somehow aired on the Sports Channel. Remember Sports Channel America in the 90s? I have to say the Sports Channel is very dubious in this era for what they decide to air
1: because we found a lot of weird shit on Sports Channel. We have. Yes, yeah. you're right they about that. They must have just been trying to fill the hours. Fill the they, hours or, up. I guarantee you this was on at like 4.30 in the morning. <laughs> like,
3: There's no way that anyone would, like not even 4 o'clock, 4.30. 4.30 specifically. Yeah. It is not good, folks, and we're going to tell you why it's not good. Now, we've been on a great streak all season of reviewing some pretty decent things, most notably that continental we did but also that Florida we did was good. Even metal! Even metal! Even metal left up to its non-standards. Right, right, right. right. This sucked and we're not exaggerating. We're going to tell you why it sucked. This feels like the Dick Graham shit all over again. Whatever that garbage
1: was with stately wayne, wayne who doesn't like, like you still yeah. uh, this <laughs> feels sorry. like this feels like that all over again stately wayne manor has
3: a feud with quinn yeah he doesn't like me <laughs>
1: he said you sound like urkel well sorry <laughs> i'm trying i'm trying to improve my voice I'm happy <laughs>
3: hi i'm michael quinn there you go oh, there you go is that better yeah it's a lot better let's get into the north american wrestling alliance the nawa they don't call it Nawa. Right. NAWA.
1: Now, does this really need to be 47 minutes, show? No,
3: it doesn't. Uh, for the record, this is July 12, 92. No, I wish it wasn't 47 minutes. It feels a lot longer, too. Oh, my God. So the logo flies in at us under a very peppy bass theme. I feel like I'm watching something from
1: the PBA rather than a <laughs> wrestling company. The PBA, really? Yeah, it's like ESPN presents PBA bowling or whatever. <laughs> it's so awful. We see in the intro, though, the Lightning Kid. I think that's one of the pit bulls. some fat guy. I don't know. All of this was like in 15 frames per second what i always must that? note
3: that when they do that effect because i uh, hate it i thought my video on my computer was screwing no, no, up no it was just that just that one part yep and then we get a screen that says wrestling 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 but in white mm-hmm. wrestling wrestling yes i'm serious and like we said it's on sports channel america somehow and we're joined by joey styles it's, what <laughs> why i don't know
4: welcome back to the nawa champions of wrestling here on sports channel america this is Joey Styles at ringside.
1: Why does he work here? <laughs> and Tony Capone, who sounds like Taz. Yeah, like, I swear I was like, is this ECW? <laughs> like, I was half expecting, like, at the end of the show, is Tony Capone being like, my name is actually really whatever Taz's real name, and I'm also known as Taz. Remember, like, when
3: that, like, <laughs> yeah. happened on ECW? Yeah. <laughs> right,
1: right. Mr. Capone, welcome.
4: My pleasure to be here, Mr. Styles. I think it's more of your pleasure to have The Godfather at your appearance today.
3: Tony Capone, actually, from what I can find out, find out, the Godfather Tony Capone, he's actually the owner of this promotion. That's unfortunate, and that's about all I, I don't ever know. Why you'd want to <laughs> own this? And that's about all I ever want to know about yeah. him. So as we go to ringside here, Jimmy Starr, who is making his entrance, looking like an ass. Yeah, he's got a silly cowboy Michael Jackson coat on and like sports glasses, <laughs> like. Totally looks like a major dork. Major dork. Like, yep. it's like, wa- no, you're not cool. Just get out of here. It's mullet. Like, horrible. Very, like, nondescript jobber of the early 90s oh, yeah. in a regional promotion. It's like, like, literally. The
1: next generation or something. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, the, this guy's going to be big in the 90s, not in the 2000s, just the 90s. And
3: generally, if it's someone you've never heard of and their last name is Star, it means they suck. Yeah, generally. <laughs> it's real. Uh, it's true. Billy Silverman is our ref because, of course, he yeah, is. Yeah,
1: it's funny. I had the exact same note. <laughs> yeah. Like it's like anytime Billy Silverman shows up, it's like well, I guess there wasn't any other refs. Like
3: it's always him. I think he's see like everywhere. every match too, I'm just gonna say it right real. now. Like every single match. <sighs> Next up is the uh, Rochester Roadblock, who I'm pretty sure, Quinn, that is just the Roadblock. I mean, yeah, it is the guy from WCW, yeah. I swear. Um, was that a tag team,
1: or am I thinking of Men at Work
3: or something? No, Roadblock was the big, fat guy from WCW. But,
1: I'm saying, was he He's in a tag in team? not in Men at Work, no. Okay, anyway, his music sounded like Jerry the King Lawler yeah, or something. Like, I, I don't, like, why would you? It's like one of the worst music choices I've ever heard. Very for, legal. Like, a big,
3: fat guy with a Roadblock thing yeah like here's he's dressed like tugboat on the top and in like road pants and he's got the road blocking barrier around his neck he looks I mean, you like just, an idiot couldn't they just pull
1: something from the soundtrack of like road warriors the movie or something like i i don't anything all i'm saying is just not this no anything something that vaguely has something to do with Like, born to be wild. You know what I mean? Like, just
3: something that vaguely has something to do with roads. Hit the road, Jack. Yeah, anything.
4: Man, you are, Mr. Capone. In any case, I think this should be a fine matchup between the young, agile Jimmy Starr and the huge 455-pound Rochester Rose.
3: And I don't know where we are, but it looks like a high school gym legitimately. That's... No, right. it, is, it looks like my high school gym, which is also your yeah. high school gym. Like,
1: <laughs> it's, it's a, it's a, I was actually like wondering halfway through if it was
3: our high school. Like, <laughs> our it principal there. Way too much like it. It did. Uh, Tony Cabone calls out Ro- Rochester Roadblock. I guess he's also a wrestler. I don't know.
1: Yeah, and he goes on and on about his family. Like, dude, nobody's watching. This knows what the fucking family you're talking about is. Like, my family over here. I'm I'm not Taz. Most people watching this are high, or like they can't fall asleep and they're like drinking warm milk and they're like, "Oh, WWF's on." Like, like, (laughs) like, seriously, like. they're up with the shits yeah the the they can't sleep they're sick maybe they got a fever oh the are like, oh, oh look WF's on Hulk Hogan is in that right if, if, if I just maybe I'll fall asleep maybe the Hulkster will be yeah. out by that point like I'm serious like that's probably like the that's average, the, the the average viewer
3: people with a gastrointestinal problem <laughs> We think Hulk Hogan's coming <laughs> we have a proud Cops for Kids banner in the background so. oh. there's just I'm looking at this and I'm like there's no way any of this is gonna be good uh, Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> push off by Roadblock. Star with a drop kick to no effect. Irish whip by Block and a closed line. Corner whip, Avalanche by Roadblock. Have I mentioned yet how much I hate the Godfather guy on commentary? He's, He's so awful. Annoying. And the fact that he isn't Taz, but he sounds like him, is really bothering me. It's very bothering It, it sounds like Taz. It's- I'm going to drop it in, folks. Yeah. But.
4: The Godfather the Godfather family. Dap it down to myself. I'm trying to get the Rochester Roadblock to sign a match with us. He's been ducking up. But well, let me tell you something.
3: Also, the audio on this was ass. I had to crank it my speakers. It's Terrible. It was bad. Beal tossed by roadblocks. roadblock, some nice walking around clothesline... <laughs> A front slam gets the win for roadblock at least that's how you do it with a squash that was no wasted time it there be good I don't, Bo- need, I don't need to watch that for more than 30 no. seconds Roadblock then puts the roadblocker sign on top of Jimmy star
1: yeah and again it's, it just makes no
3: sense with this like King music playing
1: what, like why why is I, it it's practically like <laughs> in, 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 in. you're like what what is what does this have to do with the roadblock and like as it's saying like somebody says something to the effect of like I don't know what that
3: roadblock thing is about and I'm like I'm like I don't know what this music is about. <laughs> yeah, really? Like, uh, Capone, for some reason, says he's going to kick Roadblocks' ass, and then he says he's leaving, and then he throws to a commercial, and that commercial is for the NAWA Wrestling Hotline. That's right. It's 1 900 226 NAWA. Seriously? <laughs>
1: Who called that? I, they, I mean, that to me just, what, what is it? Just a number so they can, like, grab pennies <laughs> from people? What? Like, calling that. I guarantee you all it says is, like, the NWAA or whatever this is, it's Coming to so and such and such, whatever you know what I mean? Like it's just it's telling the dates. What if you call and just no one ever answered it like, to begin what, with? What news are you getting? Like <laughs> Roadblock ate a sandwich last week. Like I like what the fuck can they tell There's you? There's
3: nothing to say.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Is it any news that anyone cares about with
3: this? You can also write to them in Mount Vernon, New York, if you really have nothing to do, but like what do you say? Like, hi, I like the wrestling. You yeah. know, like well, well,
1: the amazing part was during that, like you can write to us, they're like, Oh, you can give us suggestions or something <laughs> to make this better i like why don't you just not
3: air it like that's a suggestion for you put something else on uh, anyway we're back where craig DeGeorge george has now joined Joey styles why <laughs> tag team action coming your way here craig to george's like lingering involvement after wf never ceases to amaze it's, me uh, it's
1: almost like he was kind of you know what i failed with the wrestling but Maybe if I just give it one more chance, like, like, this Nawa thing, it's going to take off.
3: Like, what? No. Hi, I'm here. I'm Craig. Yeah. Uh, You're not hearing this incorrectly, folks. The Towers of Pain are in the ring. You're not hearing that. The Towers of Pain. And
1: actually, I heard Towers of Power. (laughs) That's a band. Tower of Power. But the funnier part about that is that, because who comes out next? Their opponents are the Power Twins. Yeah, and I was just like, why is there so much power? And that's because I heard Towers of Power, and then they're like, their opponents, the Power (laughs) Twins. And I was like, I was like, what? Why? No! (laughs) That's like one of the cardinal sins I always say is like, don't name the opponents like have the same word in their name. Exactly.
3: Uh, Their hideous music takes like 40 minutes to queue up, and then they're led (laughs) down by whoever, I don't even know. And the Power Twins are Larry and David. Larry David. Yeah, Larry David. (laughs) And Craig is like, I don't know which one is which. Well, no point of listening to him then, because he doesn't know a fucking damn thing. He's like, I don't even know where I'm, why I'm here. Yeah, <laughs> they're mad. What and- is this? What call- is this? WWF. <laughs> Where's Matilda? Yeah. Their manager is apparently Don Apollo, who's doing, like, a bad, poorly, dangerously type of gimmick. You know, the shirt and tie thing and yeah. being annoying. This is horrible. I swear one of the towers is from that FBI
1: and ECW, the tall one. What's who's in name? I don't know. The Tony, Tony Mamaluke. Mama Luke. Yeah, I thought it's, that's the Maybe. one. Maybe. On, I, I think it's him. I don't know who it is. It doesn't matter. <laughs> Everyone here is, like, loosely
3: associated with ECW. Like, they probably were in the early W or ECW or... Maybe even the later one. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Possibly some of these people are. The Power Twins are wearing denim jackets and bandanas, and they think they're hot shit. Craig, meanwhile, is like, I have it in my contract that I will not work with Don Apollo. Then why is he still commenting? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Big hug by the Power Twins. The Towers of Pain are apparently named Mike Furious. <laughs> That's and- <laughs> the big one that looks like he's from FBI. Yes. And Cash Jackson. Who looks like fucking shitty Justin Credible
1: or something. <laughs> I swear, just like fatter.
3: Just intolerable. Yeah. Joey Styles doesn't know who's who with the Power Twins either. And he's like, I don't even think it matters. Style- <laughs> I will note this, Joe.
1: One of them has like a dinky. On the yeah, back of Cash his hair. Jackson. Yeah. No, no, no. One of the, the twins. Oh, one of the Power that, twins I does, yeah. I can actually yes. tell the difference because there was a dinky.
3: Now, I looked them up. Their real names are Larry and David Power, and they briefly wrestled, and then they were like character actors in the 2000s. <laughs> it's real. Horrible. And Craig's like, Would they work with Larry David? <laughs> it's like, Oh, they split me in two. <laughs> like, <you don't-> Cheryl. <laughs> yeah. And Craig's like, They're both ugly. Uh, so, anyway, Larry David starts and uh, stalls. Mike Furious then poses to a big pop. I hate this. (laughs) And then Mike Furious is dressed like El Gigante, and that's not a compliment. It's bad. He's just got like a white undershirt on. And like like shorts. Like athletic shorts. Basketball shorts. Posing by Larry David now. Mike Furious now poses again.
1: (sighs) It's like 30 minutes left in this show, Joe. I've been like counting the whole time. (laughs) I, 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 like,
3: just this is going on. I don't want to
1: watch it anymore. Like, we haven't even
3: made it through a match. <laughs> Lockup goes nowhere. More locking up to nowhere. Don Apollo hops up on the apron to yell about whatever. Shoulder block by Larry David, no effect. Lots of nice uh, stalling here. As I noticed, Quinn, the banner on the hard camera is different now. So either they changed it or it's probably a different taping and they're cobbling this together. It's in the same venue either way. Yeah, I got the
1: impression that it was multiple tapings and that would explain why the multiple announcers yep. all the way through. Exactly. But it's funny that they
3: built in excuses after every single, like, why they're gone. <laughs> yeah, I'm leaving. Bye. Yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, Scythe so like by Furious, push off, duck under on a clothesline by Furious, Larry David Bales and they illegally switch while Silverman is Busy, I don't know, ordering a drink or something. I don't know why He's he got wasn't. he time to do it, I mean. <laughs> none, none of this matters. Hanging out with the lunch ladies. Other Larry David comes in now with a side headlock on Furious. Push off and a shoulder block on F- Furious. Fails again. Dumpy arm work by Furious. Cash Jackson comes in now to take over double elbow by the Power Twins. The Power Twins seriously suck ass. They're horrible. They are, they,
1: these are guys right? They were like Man, if we buy the same trunks, right, maybe we'll get hired by WF. Like, that. that's, like, literally, I feel like, was their
3: theory. They have, like, 1989 Rick Steiner trunks on, too. Yeah, like, they're, they're like, terrible. We
1: look pretty athletic. Um, <laughs> we're twins,
3: so we got that going we for have us. We power in our name. We could
1: shave our head if, if that yeah. makes it easier. Whatever, whatever you want,
3: Vince McMahon, we'll do it. Like, it's chills. <laughs> Denim jackets. Yeah. Craig, with some really great analysis. They're twins and they're brothers, too. Yep, that's their whole gimmick. <laughs> Actually, that's the only analysis you could ever have for this. See? Seriously. <laughs> they're twins and they're brothers too. And uh, just to annoy me, both guys, Joey and Craig, are doing play-by-play at various intervals for the record.
4: And a run. And push off. These two are going at it with and all he the time out.
3: Joey Styles calls Don Apollo a verbal diuretic. Larry David with a cane shot to Jackson, but he misses a charge. Other Larry David's in now though, so Furious barges in two. Silverman sends him out, and the Power Twins with a junky double leg hurt thing it was horrible lots of shots of the ceiling
1: as craig and joey talk about the power twins being twins for like the 600s time that's like, all they have to say about it's it it's like they're twins um i don't they, know who's who you know they're born at the same time they're brothers um their their trunks match they look the same uh their hair is kind of the same but not really which one's which
3: yeah and joey's like i don't know like the, <laughs> no the, one knows nothing
1: to say this the, is so poor this Joe. Is
3: horrible double clothesline exciting front face lock by someone. Greg's like, is he going to gut wrench him? Yeah, that's what you do. That's what you do out of a front face lock as a gut wrench, idiot. We're still dicking around this whole time with Jackson waiting for the hot tag. What is with these Northeastern Indies
1: and their, like, shitty long tag matches? Remember this shit on that, like, like I said, the the Stately Wayne Manor? Like, that was, like, the worst tag match I've ever seen, but this is, like, it's again with this. I'm like, I swear, folks, like, if you're watching the raw footage, I'm, like, yawning, by talking
3: (laughs) about this. It's so boring. It is, and this is how we watching it, folks. Yeah. We're just trying to represent what this yeah. was like to watch. That, it's really this is boring. what this was
1: like. It was like I wanted, I had just woken up and I wanted to go to sleep. <laughs> I'm not kidding. Like I, I, you know, usually I get up in the morning to review these things, right? Yes. I try to get up for like an
3: hour before it kind of warm yeah, up. get the juices flowing. Get the juices right, flowing but sure. I was like ready to go right back to fucking sleep after watching. <laughs> I like just do this tag match. <laughs> Joey Styles channels Gorilla Monsoon now and says that he wants two refs in this tag match. Meanwhile, Furious finally gets in with uh, some clotheslines and a pair of back elbows. Absolutely terrible Laha Mahi straw cradle by Furious gets two double noggin knocker and now Cash comes in with a headlock and a shove-off.
1: This it sucks! It's like almost half the show! Please just end this shit like literally we're like 20 minutes into a 47 minute thing.
3: Yeah, we're skipping over all of the stalling and the walking around in the, the stalling pauses. was like half the match. It's horrible, folks. Meanwhile, Furious is outside tinkering with one of the Larry Davids and the camera misses Don Apollo tripping Jackson so the other Larry David quickly gets the win. The
1: camera work was awful during yeah. the sequence, by the way. They're like, oh, something's going on! Oh, something's in! And they're like, it just... You keep seeing it like flash, and like maybe you're seeing a pin, maybe you're seeing someone get punched. I didn't know, I don't even
3: think we saw the actual last. Count. I don't even, even three think we ca- saw anything on the finish. Uh, it was so weird. Complete horribleness this match <laughs> quick. like
1: twenty minutes. Also, I swear they're going to break Craig says N-A-W-S. <laughs> like not even the name <laughs> of the Doesn't company. Care.
3: Yeah. <laughs> someone uh some promo with someone telling us not to touch that dial. I don't know who that was. And then we're greeted by Tony Rumble, Ugh, yelling. And he has the Taz Maniac with him. That's Taz, of course. All of this is terrible. Yeah, they're good or whatever. Yeah. Like, fucking imitation Johnny V over here also. <laughs> Tony Rumble. He's like, yeah, we've been everywhere, now we're here. That's not an achievement guy. Uh, Taz has face paint like he's in Kiss. Tony Rumble 92 looks like Tommy Dreamer now. <laughs> I'm serious. <laughs> and excuse my language, but gosh darn, this is an awful promo. He's still just, like, rambling on about, like, dark side of the mirror, Keeper, of Your Secrets. I don't even know what he's talking about. Thankfully, it all ends. And we're back to Ringside where SD <laughs> Jones is entering the oh, ring all fucking fat SD Jones why, well, how is he relevant why how Come is he fucking on. relevant
1: at this point in like 1992
3: Richard where did you find oh, this shit? this is chick? a piece Come of, of crap. crap we were happy we were doing a good streak of reviews now we gotta do this Ugh. And now we're definitely at another taping because the banner is back but Joey Styles is with Don Apollo the manager that we were just why? dealing with I don't why? know SD Jones is teaming with Mr. Haiti. who's he we saw him one time in like in 1982. We did? Yes. He was a jobber one time in the 1982. I was
1: like, I have no idea who this is. And they were like acting like he was some legend. Hey, oh God, and I, so and I was just like, who? who? Like who? I know SD Jones. I, I've never heard of this guy in my life.
3: <laughs> now their opponents are America's most wanted. Yeah, That's not r- the one, <laughs> no, not no, the good one no. from like, you know, TNA, TNA or whatever. Pain and insane. <laughs> and, and their manager is the obnoxious... Hubie Marks, I think his now, name I was. I heard Judy Martin,
1: I swear, <laughs> and he looks like a bully at, like, Bayside High. Like, oh my god. Like, what, the whole was time that I guy? thought his name was Judy Martin. I'm fine with that. Because that's, that's what they
3: kept saying. The actual Judy Martin would kick that guy's ass. Could you imagine if Judy Martin was a manager <laughs> in Nawa? like, And if she was good? <laughs> yeah.
1: I, I like her. I, if I was her, I'd have her wear the same exact getup as Bayside High. Maybe a little bit more spandex because she's got that
3: old lady on a stoop oh, yeah.
1: look to her, like in the nineties but have like a cigarette
3: smoking a, a 120 yeah a Virginia exactly. Slim 120 uh, America's Most Wanted look like Hugh Morris and Jerry Sags but in orange prison jumpsuits <laughs> it's basically nails the tag team it's like <laughs> if they split nails in half and yeah like, maybe made two good wrestlers <laughs> yeah. but they didn't uh, what just what why can we just stop make it stop Quinn yeah, I, need like, it honestly, go, I need it
1: honestly I, I forgot this match even happened now that we're like talking about it now like
3: <laughs> now Don Apollo sounds too much like Joey Style so I don't even know or care who's talking in any given time and joey styles does not know the difference between pain and insane so he asks apollo and it was at this so point, you really can't tell the difference you can't enough. and it was at this point that my internet went down oh in really a, in a desperate attempt to get me to stop watching but reluctantly i went huh. i reset the router uh so sd and pain or insane started as if it matters and sd's like who the fuck are you <laughs> like yeah. sd's looking at him like you stink lock up headlock by sd push off flying shoulder block by sd does nothing Headbutt by sd causes pain some Pain. Insane is in now with Mr. Haiti. Can I just say insane is the worst <laughs> wrestling name I've ever heard. Like
1: it is. Hi, I'm insane. Hi, That's I'm, my name. I'm an adjective. Yeah, <laughs> you know, like yeah. literally. I mean, Terrible. pain. I can see because like Max Payne or something like yeah, that. Yeah, but even so, like the just pain and insane. Yeah, it's so dumb. This is clearly just something somebody thought in the locker room while they were like putting their trunks on. <laughs> like you gotta be something tonight. Somebody thought of in Foot Locker, maybe
3: yeah. Test of strength, which uh insane wins. Joey Styles extols the virtues, like you said, Quinn, of Mr. Haiti, but Don Apollo isn't amused.
1: <laughs> well, Joey is trying to claim he's some legend or something and, and Don Apollo's like who no. yeah, he's Even like, Don, like, Don <laughs> Apollo's
3: like, Who is this? Like <laughs> what? Like what's so good about him, basically. Yeah. There's literally nothing going on, Quinn. It's just like this slow, sloppy. Yep. wrestling literally nothing happening horrible crummy drop kick <laughs> by haiti insane bales is <laughs> back in with pain styles and apollo go back and forth which is actually better than anything in the ring it's literally um folks Seriously, and this is on YouTube for free. Yeah. It shouldn't, You this
1: should be condemned. Don't worry, I don't think WF is trying to acquire this. <laughs> Imagine if they got the whole Nawa, not, not even the other Nawa, this, yeah, Nawa, this Nawa instead. Oh, like, God. They're just like, it's on the Hidden Gems oh, now. Oh, God. Every
3: episode ever, there's like 12 it probably. Just, <laughs> it should stay hidden. Yeah. No, I think there's like six episodes yeah, of this. Of course this. there is. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. It's literally, this match has just been like shoulder blocks, Irish whips and stomping. Finally a move a body slam by Payne. (sighs) Apparently, Billy Silverman is their senior referee He's their only know. (laughs) What are you talking about, senior ref? (laughs) SD with some punches and a body slam. (sighs) Both guys tag out again and Haiti comes in with a horrible takedown and then an awful drop toe hold where they just fall over. Side headlock by Insane. Haiti wiggles out with a hammerlock and Joey Styles is like, that was a great scientific move and Apollo's like, scientific move, my foot. Uh, Payne and Insane double team while Hubie Booby or whatever the guy's (laughs) name is, whoever Judy Martin, whatever. Oh, uh, Judy Martin, yeah. He hops up on the apron. All four men are in. Haiti runs into Silverman by accident, so Silverman calls for the bell. Meanwhile, the faces double team Huey Lewis over here or whatever with a headbutt. Judy Martin, yeah. <laughs> the heels leave all stupidly, and the official decision, as if anyone even cares, is a double DQ. What a waste of time. Horrible. Like, I, what are they showcasing? I, like, wasn't even lo-
1: I swear, Joe, this is so boring. I literally wasn't even looking at my notes while you were talking about it. You, you I was don't just, need like, to. I was like... When do I talk? Like, there's nothing to say. It's horrible. What?
3: Like, what's the point of it? Who is Why are they
1: doing this? Does this advance anything in their, like, grand storyline? Why are people in the building
3: watching <laughs> this? Because it was... No, three like, dollars? Like, why? Yeah. What is it? I don't know. What is it? Circus is in town. Oh, you know? God, the ring announcer sounds like he's talking through a McDonald's drive-through. By the he way, he really
1: does. I need to. <laughs> <It's->
2: <laughs>
1: it literally sounds like the Rocky like three announcer, the guy with the mustache.
3: Yeah. <laughs> like I swear. I can't tell if he said double DQ or double Whopper. It was horrible. <laughs> We're back now where, for some inexplicable reason, the Brooklyn Brawler is entering the ring. He's even allowed to wrestle outside WF. I thought he was, like, exclusive to that. What if... What, Did they
1: oh, you want to do that, pal? I don't care. Literally, probably Brooklyn Brawler didn't even ask. He was just like, <laughs> I can get, uh, like, an
3: extra 50 bucks Maybe. this weekend. <laughs>
1: like, You know what I mean? Extra I, bag of I, chips. And I won't lose for once, which will be a nice
3: change. <laughs> yeah, really. This is what's weird. He's facing the... Armenian intruder who's just some dork in a mask. I think I've seen him in ECW, what? actually. Yeah. Oh, my God. Lombardi with some punching and kicking the start at toss. And yes, the brawler is the star here, Quinn. <laughs> it's a real feat when a jobber like the Brooklyn brawler is the biggest star <laughs> yeah, in the roster. Know,
1: it's right? incredible. <laughs> Irish whip in a clothesline. Brawler dominating is making me,
3: like, uncomfortable,
1: Joe. <laughs> like, I,
3: I don't understand. It's very weird to see him be, like, the pushed talent. You know yeah. what I mean? And then he hits a Boston Crab or a Brooklyn Crab for the win. It's not wow. even worthy of calling it the Brooklyn. Let's <laughs> just keep it at Boston Crab. I just gotta say though, Steve Lombardi Quinn just won a squash yeah, match. How? I don't know. How was that booked? I don't know. People in the background <laughs> are literally leaving. I'm not kidding. You well, can see I don't them. Blame them. You can see them leaving because, like you said, you know this has got to be shit. When the Brooklyn Brawler is like literally the biggest star so it, far. It's total shit. <laughs> like
1: you can't even consider this legitimate. I know. The Brooklyn. Because people know. The sad part is people know who the Brooklyn Brawler is yes. more than any of these people. Maybe SD.
3: Yeah. And that's a maybe.
1: Yeah. That's literally <laughs> a maybe. SD Jones is also a job Yes. Just, you know, uh, Mr. Bil-
3: Hades, a legend, though. Well, that's true. Good yeah. point. I should note Billy Silverman was once again the referee. Uh, good Lord, Quinn. Now we have Tony Rumble oh, again. Goodness, but he's with Tony Atlas. Oh, another two Tonys. Yeah, huh? two Tonys. This is not confusing at all. And he's like, I'm going to give someone a wrestling lesson. That's unfortunate. <laughs> Atlas says he's been doing this for eighteen year, eighteen years, and he never got better. <laughs> is what that the- is that even true? Didn't he like? Didn't they yeah, act like probably? New
1: to this ring, (laughs)
3: Tony Atlas in 82, I swear. Yeah, but who knows where he was before that. Uh, He says pencil neck geeks for some reason, which is weird. This is actually the best promo I've ever seen Tony Atlas do. Why wasn't he always like this? This is like a good base level. Yeah, because he's heel. Foundational level for Tony Atlas. This is how he should have been from day one. Yeah. We'll get more into that because we're going to see him wrestle now. Back to the ring where a jerk named Paul Perez is in the ring as Tony Atlas makes his entrance. <laughs> you know, he's the baggy pants edition. That's the only difference I would make. It's like if you look like
1: this big ass dude, yeah. like you should show it off. You know what I mean? You want to see those legs, huh? Yeah, just Oops. you know, make mm. him look bigger. He see looks like a, He just looks like a small guy trying to puff
3: himself up. See those thighs? Yeah, that's mm. all I'm saying. Midy thighs. Uh, Joey is still with Don Apollo ringside finally someone else is the ref I don't know who it is but I do legit like this version of Atlas I'm not being funny because he looks like a badass When this version yeah. of Atlas looks cool also the goatee helps a lot yes the shaved head and a beard goatee look is a lot yeah, better for him much better than the like hi like, <laughs> yeah. remember the look like clean shaven before oh yeah he gets on the mic and takes someone's order for a big mac i think uh paul perez with some job or offense like a punch or two atlas tells people to shut up don apollo calls the fans humanoids which no you don't don't be ripping off bobby come on Big chop by Atlas, clubbing forums, choking in the corner. More crap like that continues until finally, I'm not even kidding, a standard vertical suplex gets the win for Atlas. Yeah, so the
1: ring announcer annoyingly announces the win again. Yeah. I, I, uh, <laughs> I hate this ring because it wasn't in like the first match or two. And yeah. And like he just teleported in. He's like, hi, I'm here now. Yeah, he wasn't in the first. And different this tape. caught him!
3: <laughs> yeah, Like it's horrible. We go to break with that phone dial ring, you know? Do we have to come back? Uh, Yeah, we do. We still have more show. Oh, boy. We're back where El Diablo is introduced. Yeah, that's not generic. Yeah. As you might expect, it's a mask guy, and he's got, like, a black bodysuit on. You call him El Generico. (laughs) Uh, His opponent is the Tasmaniac with Tony Rumble. Tony Crouton, or whatever his name (laughs) is. That's what I heard. Uh, It looks like Ken Jennings is a referee here. (laughs) This term for a
4: long-handled gardening tool can also mean an immoral pleasure seeker.
1: Ken. What's a hoe?
3: No. Whoa. (laughs) Craig DeGeorge welcomes us back, and now he's with Rich Cuso. Why
1: are there so many commentators? And, and
3: the weirdest part here is like Joey Styles is now just gone. Yeah, like, no explanation. What? Yeah.
1: Hi, I'm back.
3: Yeah. And Rich Cuso, folks, is not a well-known name in the wrestling. I don't, I've never heard of never in my life. Rich Cuso trivia for you, Okay. in 91, I want to say, hosted on WFAN 660, the radio station here in New York, New Jersey area. Hosted a wrestling show with, you've heard of Jody McDonald, right? From Jody. WFAN? Yeah, yeah. Jody Mac. They hosted a wrestling show, and there's that's on YouTube. Like the audio of it is on YouTube in, what? like, 91, and it was like an insider show. That's weird. On WFAN, probably on in the same time actually, this was. I think I've heard of this, actually. Yeah, it's real. Yeah,
1: I think I've heard a bit of it. They're like, oh, and uh, <laughs> Dave Meltzer said that. like it's, basically yeah, it's real. Like you're, it's a Reddit thread on yeah. the radio. <laughs>
3: yeah, it's real. Yeah.
4: Hello, Rich. Hi, Jody. How are you? Good, and you? And on a telephone line with us as well is Dave Meltzer of the Wrestling Observer Newsletter. Hi, Dave. How you doing, Jody? I'm
3: good, and yourself? Real good, real good. Uh, so anyway, that's who Rich Mancuso is here. Taz is dressed like Big Bird, and he jumps into the ring while Tony Rumble holds him on a leash or Taz something. Taz looks extra crappy in that yellow, <laughs> it's by the, like the yellow way. Yellow face paint on. <laughs> yeah, like, it looks terrible. Yeah, it's horrible. Taz with some, you know, devastating wild animalistic moves like a side headlock. Yep, nope, that's <laughs> you know, all the all the people in Tasmania are doing that. <laughs> Yeah, really. Overhead belly-to-belly, Irish whip, another overhead belly-to-belly suplex. See
1: any other moves? He just <laughs> does suplexes like the whole match. Suplexa. He's like Brock Lesnar suplexa edition. <laughs>
3: Mancuso, <laughs> just to- Mancuso totally goes inside here. He's like, man, he's some worker. <laughs> yeah, so shut up. <laughs> you know what I'm supposed to say, worker? Yeah. Uh, Taz bites the mask, and Rich is like, why is he biting? Irish whip, reverse, head down, and Taz with a gut-wrench suplex, which is called a northern light suplex by Greg here. A snap play is called properly. Tad's with a cover, but he pulls him up at two. And Rich is like... <laughs> this, this, is, this is an amazing comment. <laughs> and this is real. We have no idea who is under that mask. <laughs> Why?
1: It's the, He just... The big New York accent, <laughs> Extremely, right? Extremely, like, though, yeah, right?
3: Idea. Like, literally stereotype style. Like. Yeah,
1: it's, it's a very, like... As people who grew up in Jersey, I've heard plenty oh, of people yeah. talk like that. But Maybe,
3: you don't hear that anywhere else no. in the country. Maybe he's going to have some pizza after yeah. this.
4: We have no idea who's underneath that mask.
3: Clothesline by the Taz, an actual Northern Lights now, and he heads up with a flying headbutt to a standing El Diablo. That gets the win. Taz kicks more ass after the match and tosses Diablo out of the ring as Craig promises much more action to follow here. God, I hope not. (laughs) It's it's enough already. Well, we're back and we're going to promote next week's show, Quinn. Oh, good. good. (laughs) Tony Alice will be taking on the Rochester Roadblock. America's Most Wanted are going to be in action and we're going to see the debut of the NAWA president, Robert W. Champion. Who? (laughs) Why? 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 why must they always? Do? I
1: think I was saying this with the Continental too. It's like why do they always it has to be somebody with like an initial of some <laughs> yeah. kind like
3: Robert W Champion. <laughs> even
1: W F like was smart. They're like Jack Tunney. Yeah, like nothing fancy. Not yeah, Jack, Jack Twent, <laughs> Tunney Esquire the Third or yeah. some bullshit.
3: I hate when they do that. Yeah, I know. And that's it. We see the uh, same Lightning Kid clips to close things out. And and keep on slamming. They ugh, say. God, horrible. This was a dreadful, boring, unexciting show. Suck nuts. <laughs> Fuck this show, God! You know what? That made me depressed. This yeah, was, we were doing so good uh, this season. Richard, what the hell, man? What a piece of crap! I we like, oh, like seriously, what a piece of garbage we that need was. He's a piece of, piece of garbage. <sighs> we need next week. Palette cleanse and get something good or at least better than this. I don't know.
1: It could be bad, but it like that was bad. This like, was that was just not even like it was shitty.
3: It's been a long time since we've had one of those shows where it's not so bad that it's good. Yeah. It's not humorous. It's not like horribly bad. It's so boring that there's nothing all we, we made it sound as exciting as we could. <laughs> it's probably the most exciting review of
1: Nawa, not the other Nawa yeah, yeah, ever.
3: A lesser Nawa. Uh, yeah, the somehow. Lesser Nawa. <laughs> somehow
1: there's a worse Nawa for you. Folks. know what? Just just the fact that it was a lesser Nawa, that that should have told us all we need to know is that the fact <sighs> that there even is a lesser Nawa. See, I didn't think we were getting I thought we were getting into the regular Nawa. That which, sucked crap anyway that was terrible and it couldn't have gotten much better and you know what i mean (laughs) and 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 to say that this isn't even the official novel then
3: it's got to be worse folks if you want to check this out like i said you can find it on youtube it is the july 12th 1992 n-a-w-a don't unless you really like being bored or you want to feel the same pain in we did 47
1: minutes awful
3: folks absolutely dreadful but I'll tell you what's not dreadful next week we're going to be back to kick off December with another episode of your favorite retro wrestling podcast in the meantime if you want to follow us on Twitter do that at OVP Podcast. you can email us Podcast at gmail.com if you have a Facebook join the group it'll be a fun time to talk about the old wrestling and why don't you consider going to patreon.com slash Podcast if you want to donate if you want some extra content but until next time. I am Joe Morata, that is Michael Quinn, and we will see you guys next week. See ya!
2: Yo, 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 yo! I just beat the BBB, the Boston Bad Boy with the Mania, the ultimate wrestling machine! We've been all over the world. We've been from continent to continent. We've been from back alley to back alley! We've walked the plank! We've done what it's taken! We've worked in the lowest scum business of all! And now, we're here in the N-A-W-A for one thing and one thing only! To destroy, to maim, to deceitfully cheat people! Am I right? Am I right? N-A-W-A, the Brotherhood has come for you and yours. Lock up the back door. Lock up the front door. We'll kick in the window. The Brotherhood has only stood for one thing in its whole existence since I was a tiny little boy. Badness has flown through these veins. Badness has ripped through the Tasmaniac veins. Badness rules us supremely, for we are the best. Ba-